Hello, and this is Films for the Very First Time. Just wanting to intro the episode here as you're about to hear some very bad singing for about 15 to 20 seconds for our theme song, which is a parody of Feels Like the First Time by Foreigner. So uh, if you don't want to hear bad singing, just skip the 30 seconds button uh, and you'll be introduced to the episode proper. If you're open to hearing my terrible singing, uh, just keep listening. Films for the first time. Films for the very first time. Films for the first time. Films for the very first time. Hello and welcome to Films for the Very First Time. My name is Jordan and with me, as always, is Casey McGeorge. How are you today, Casey? Oh, how's it going, everybody? It's going well. It's going well. Uh, We're now on our bi-weekly schedule, so these episodes will be dropping every other week, so two a month. Uh, One, because we are barreling through movies, so this is number 20, I believe. Uh, And uh, two, just... uh, it's it's a little draining watching a movie every week uh, and recording about it and doing it justice. So making sure to have time to actually digest this, I think, is good. Um, but yeah, so I am uh, really excited today. This is a movie that I picked, and we are going to be talking about The Suicide Squad. Not Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad by James Gunn. Who the fuck is Bloodsport? Robert Dubois, a world-class marksman. In his hands, anything is a deadly weapon. His father was a mercenary who trained his son to kill from the moment he was born. He's in prison for putting Superman in the ICU with a kryptonite bullet. Dubois? Same answer as the last time. Piss off. I'm not joining your goddamn suicide squad. We'll see. Uh, directed and written by James Gunn, and it premiered August 5th, 2021. Music by John Murphy. Uh, so I'll, I'll kind of set the stage here where I was in 2021, and then we'll get to Casey here. I I was, uh, I remember getting excited for this movie when it was actually announced. I believe it was like 2019, 2018. It was after James Gunn was fired from Guardians 3. DC pretty much went to him and said, you have whatever you want. You can do anything you want. And he said, I'm doing the Suicide Squad. Um, I think he wanted to call it something else. Suicide Squad something, uh, like with a colon after it. I think the they decided to just name it The Suicide Squad, which is confusing when you have a movie that came out before that was just Suicide Squad. And it is a loose sequel to that film that performed well in the box office, but not critically. And, uh, but what I mean by loose sequel is that they slightly allude to them working together before. And there's a couple characters that are from the movie. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask about that. Um, before, uh, to me, this seems like a sequel slash reboot where, Okay, it's a sequel in the aspect of Colonel Flagg is back, Amanda Waller's back, 
Harley Captain Quinn Boomerang and Harley. Yeah. And Boomerang is back. And they kind of acknowledge that they have worked together before, but it's like they don't speak of whatever it was that happened before. But you can tell that they have some sort of a history together. But then it's yeah. like, okay, uh, we're continuing on, and these are the same. These are people that will help us continue on from the previous story that we don't want to speak of for whatever reason. But now here's 58 new characters, and we're going to start this all <laughs> yeah. over again. Yeah. That, that was actually going to be a question I had was, is this technically a sequel, but also like a reboot? Or how is this classified? But I, think I believe James Gunn has clarified that this is a sequel. I think he's kind of said what I said. A loose sequel. Like you, you can. So they wanted to make sure it wasn't a sequel, in the sense of the bad rap that Suicide Squad got, right? So you and and also you don't want to hinder people going to see it by saying this is a sequel, because then most people are going to think, oh, I need to go watch the first one, which is why it's not called like Suicide Squad Two, right? Is because. Then people are going to think, oh, I have to, I, I, I didn't see the first one. I'm not going to go see this one. So they were kind of like, this is the weird state DC movies were in post-Batman versus Superman when everything comes crumbling down is because they keep resetting a bit by saying, like, we'll take what's popular and we'll briefly allude to other stuff, but we also don't want you to think that this is tied to that other thing that bombed. And they but just kind of is. kept in that cycle. Yeah, it, they just this, kept in that cycle. I, I, I haven't watched a ton of the DC movies, so I'm going to speak just from what I'm, I'm gathering here. You tell me if, if this is a correct assessment. This seems like a perfect example of one step forward, but two steps back. Like, one step forward in, okay, we're going to start new stories, and, and we're going to keep a little bit of the continuity, but the two steps back is... It's all new stories, and we're going to act like nothing ever happened except for these three things we want you to remember. Like, with any story, not just necessarily with this. Yeah. Like, yeah, with yeah. these three things that we want you to remember that we thought were good from this previous movie, but everything else you can forget about it. It didn't happen. But don't forget about these three things right here, because they're kind of important, and we're going to need them later. And so, to me, this seems like yeah. a one step forward, two steps back thing. Sort of. What what doesn't help it is that, like, after some failures, and also just, like, the studio itself going changes. You know, they get getting bought out by AT&T during this, and then at some point they're going to get bought by, you know, merged with Discovery. And each leader starts thinking, like, all right, we want to keep making DC movies, but we don't want to hit the full reset. So how do we do this? Because they don't want to hit the full reset because Aquaman made a billion, Wonder Woman did well, and they're like, we got to keep those people, but we can't. So they, they always worry about the fresh start. We will now get the fresh start with James Gunn's Superman legacy in the this, DCU. The whole Warner Brothers and DC thing has just been a nightmare for a while. They're, they were talking about selling their games division for a long period of time. Right. But then they did, and then they didn't want to. But then they were looking for potential buyers for it. Like, that whole thing was ludicrous. And it was just either... And then, like you said, the whole 
let's reset a little bit. Now they're just like they had they they had stuff that was already in the pipeline and made. So they're like, okay, let's just push these out. But nothing after like these these don't count. We're starting all brand new, fresh, all over. The one thing that gets me is in my lifetime, I have seen one, two, three, four, five different people play Batman in a movie. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm counting like Adam West because I like, yes, it was off the air by the time I seen it, but I did watch the old Batman shows. And I love the old Batman movie with him running around with the bomb in his hand. And ducks he yeah. has him. Like, that's just awesome. But I've seen five different people. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Seven. Because I forgot about George Clooney and Val Kilmer. Yes. I've seen seven different Keaton. people. Yeah, Kilmer. I was only counting. I was only counting. Clooney. Bale. Affleck. Pattinson. Yeah. West. Adam West. Seven. If you take out Adam West, though, it's six in the last 30 years. In my lifetime. Years. In my lifetime, right? I have seen... No, no, not 25 years, sorry. Thir- 35 years. In my lifetime, I have seen... Okay, let's let's take let's take Adam West out. And let's start just from the Batman movie itself. The, uh, Tim Burton's Batman movie, right? Yeah, I've seen six yep. different people take up the mantle of Batman. Now, granted, sometimes that's going to happen because people are going to age out of the character, not going to want to do it, whatever, whatever. Once again, I've seen six different people play this character over the course of my lifetime. That's just ridiculous. And I'm sure we're about to get a seventh because... We will, yeah. From what I gather, Robert Pattinson's The Batman was just its own separate entity. It wasn't connected to anything, really. And now with him, with James Gunn restarting everything... That means they're gonna get somebody else to take up the, and it's just like, it, it like at some point, my opinion, and I know this counts for absolutely nothing. If this doesn't work, you gotta stop with Batman. Like he needs a break. The, the character self, like, give it at least a five ten year break, and then come back later. But it's the bad just thing is, Batman's their most consistent, so they won't. They won't. Do it's that. just like, like I said, I'm old. I'm forty five. I'm old. I get that. It's just way too many people. Yeah. Well, so so this movie gets announced. I, I It filmed, I think, in 2019, before COVID. Because I remember, like, set pictures leaking while I'm on my lunch break at work and stuff. And I'm, like, what? you know, looking at set photos. And then 2020, when everything shut down, they did an event called DC Fandom where they, you know, like, reveal stuff. Almost like a Comic-Con type thing, but virtual. And James Gunn revealed the first trailer for this and character posters. And that was the first time we got to know who everybody was playing. It was very, it was very like hush hush who on who everyone was playing and, and what characters they were. And the best thing about James Gunn, I think is that uh, most, a lot of people did not know who some of these characters were, which is just uh peak James Gunn. I, I think at times, um, so, uh, where so this movie released in theaters and HBO Max the same day, August fifth, twenty twenty one. I saw it in theaters that weekend. Then the next day, I watched it on Max again just to make sure I I caught everything. And then I've watched it another two times since 
Um, so that's that's where I am on this. I picked this movie because we'll get to my ratings later, but um, I'll just say this is my favorite of the DCEU. That's from Men of Steel, Man of Steel to Aquaman 2 at this point. Um, and that's it. Aquaman 2 is the last the last of the DCEU before we reboot with Superman Legacy in 2025. Next year already. Next year. Okay, Casey, where were you in August of 2021 and what kept you from seeing this? Because it sounds like you saw the first one. Okay, so uh, I was, I just moved out to California in 2013. Wow, been out in California for 10 years now. Uh, and when did, when did the first one come out? Was it 2015, 2016? 16. Yeah. I remember the trailers for that, right? The trailers were crazy in a good way. Like the trailers were blowing up on YouTube, right? And they had a couple of different ones. And then you add the music that they added to the trailers with, uh, uh, what did they have? Uh, Ballroom Blitz was one of them. Yes. Um, did they do like Bohemian? Did they do a Bohemian yeah, Rhapsody? Bohemian Rhapsody was another one, right? And so like the the music choice and everything, which I thought was great. Now, obviously I knew of the Joker. You have to, right? I knew yeah. of Harley Quinn because of the Batman video games. I never watched Batman the Animated Series, and I probably should because I've heard it's really good. Um, but I only, And I know she is literally... A newer character. I think they made her just for the animated series. I think, right? Yes, ninety two was her first appearance. Like, yeah, she she was created just for that, and then she's gone on to have like this huge fandom because she was such an interesting character, and got some obvious sexualization of the character in various other ways. Yeah. Um. So I remember the first one. When I saw the first one, I wasn't, it wasn't, I thought it wasn't as bad as people said, right? I think we talked about this last week. I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was okay. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like an Avengers level movie or anything like that where it was no. like totally mind blowing. But I didn't think it was as bad as people thought it was. But then again, I don't know of the source material. So I don't know if people who are looking at it saying how bad it is are looking at it because they know the source material and where these characters came from. So I like that that could have a lot to do with it. That, and I get that. Like I'm just average Joe fan, right? It's going into this kind of fest. So here it is three years later, they announce another one with eventually the same title. With just <laughs> the in front of it, right? <laughs> yeah. And then you find out, okay, uh Margot Robbie's coming back as Harley Quinn. Okay. Cool. Like who doesn't love Margot Robbie? Not only is she incredibly beautiful, but she's a she's a fantastic actress. Mm-hmm. Um, what's her name's coming back as Amanda Waller, right? You got a couple of like you said, a couple other people are coming yep. back. Okay, Bill Kinnaman as Rick Flag. Yep. Yeah, Flag and, and Boomerang are coming back, but uh, no Will Smith, no uh, none of the other characters, and then. You see some of these other people, and I'm like, I have no clue who any of these other characters are. Mm-hmm. And I just, to me, it was like, I don't know why this movie is being made. Like, I, like 
I, I will be honest with you. Like when I saw it, and it wasn't totally a sequel, but it wasn't totally a reboot, right? Yep. To me, looking at it as just average Joe fan in the back, I thought this is just a money grab. I have no clue who half of these characters are. And I don't know why this movie's being made. Like, I don't know what position, like, and I'm going to ask you. Obviously, you said James Gunn wanted to do this. That's on him. Yeah. He can, okay. Outside of James Gunn saying, I want to do this particular movie, was there any demand or requests or was there any outrage of people wanting to see more of the Suicide Squad? Or was this just, am I wrong in that where there, like, there wasn't a demand for it? There wasn't really. Apparently, originally, they were planning for David Ayer and Will Smith to return for a sequel back in 2017. But I, I think with it kind of got it before that was before the release of the movie, the first one. And I think yeah. after that, it kind of killed any momentum for it. I'm sure when they um, signed their contracts for the characters, they probably had them locked up yeah. for at least two, if not three or four movies. If I had to get, and like, if I just had to rub gas, like, they, they, they probably said at least to get, Yeah, they were trying to get another director back in, like, 2017 to do it, but uh, from what Gunn had asked is that Warner Brothers, after he got fired, Warner Brothers went out to Gunn and asked, actually asked him to make Superman. And he said, I don't want to do Superman or the Justice League. I want to do the Suicide Squad. Um, and I think part of that is why, and why he eventually does say yes to Superman now and doing it is because Superman back then, he probably would have been locked in with having to do something with Henry Cavill or not being able to have as much control as he wanted. Now he was able to kind of leverage this to have as much control as he wanted going forward. And I think he wanted to just stay. They said that you could, he could adapt any DC property he liked. Um, so he went to Suicide Squad. So I think by this point, they were kind of done with trying to find another Suicide Squad. Uh, director for a film i think they were like the first one didn't really do well we were trying to get one off the ground we couldn't really find anybody and then james gunn falls in their lap from disney firing him and they say hey hey we need you to do superman and he's like no i actually want to do suicide squad so it kind of ends up being like a happy accident but it's funny that you said you thought this was maybe like a, a money a money grab when you see some of these characters you don't know and stuff this is um yeah, I, I think if it was a mandated Suicide Squad 2, actually, he would have been forced to use a, a lot more of the characters from the first one. But I think, uh, like, when we look at some of the characters that I'm going to go through in a little bit here, it's, um, you know, it, it's like D-list, right? D-list and below characters. And, and to me, from the outside looking in, like I didn't know there was a damn what, what a weasel in this. Like what? Like and yes, then, weasel is in and this. Yeah. Initially, like I didn't even know there was a weasel character, right? Mm-hmm. And then so as I start watching this yesterday, and I see this, I'm like, like I I know the story that okay he got fired for some things for from Guardians three before they brought him back for Guardians three, 
And then he ended up making Yeah, he this. actually agreed to this movie like r- the day before Marvel hired him back, actually. So then once Marvel hired him back, he said, but I have to fulfill this before I do Guardians 3. So to me, it was, to, to me, once again, no knowledge, just outside looking in, it was like, it almost seemed like he was just trying to recreate Guardians of the Galaxy to an extent. Like instead of a raccoon, With let's rocket. get a weasel. Yeah. You know, and stuff like that. Instead of Drax, let's get King Shark. Right? To an extent. Yeah. Like just like I said, just just rough looking at it, and I'm just like, this, this makes no damn sense. Like, what is this? <laughs> like, I can only imagine oh. if anybody would have came and saw this movie on either like some sort of psychedelic mushrooms or acid or something. Like, this would have just been ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Alright, so let's, I guess let's dive into it here. So, the description I wrote for this movie is, When the military overthrow the government on Corto Maltese, Amanda Waller sends the Suicide Squad there to stop Project Starfish. Nice short log line there. Okay. So, uh, characters, uh, I have them listed in their group. So I have our characters listed as the Suicide Squad Team Distraction, as we'll find out that this is the team that's sent in there to be the distraction. We have Savant, played by Michael Rooker. Character name's Brian Durlin. He first appeared in Birds of Prey number 56 in August of 2003, created by Gail Simone and Ed Benes. We have Blackguard, played by Pete Davidson, uh, which is first appeared in Booster Gold number one in 1986, created by Dan Jurgens. Uh, Captain Boomerang, played by Jai Courtney, uh, first appeared in the Flash night uh, uh, Flash 117, December of 1960, created by John Broom and Carmine Infantino. TDK, the Detachable Kid, played by Nathan Fillion. Uh, the first appearance is Secret Origins number 46, 1989, created by Gerard Jones and Kurt Swan. Mongal, played by Mei Ling Nin. Uh, Mei Ling Ning. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce that. NG is the last name. I know that's a very popular last name, but I don't know how to pronounce that. First appearance, Showcase 95, number 8 in 1995, created by Peter Tomasi and Scott Eaton. Javelin, played by Flula Borg, first appearance in Green Lantern Volume 2, 173, in 1984, created by Len Wein, uh, Glenn, Len Wein, sorry, and Dave Gibbons. Weasel, played by Sean Gunn, first appeared in Firestorm, number 36, in 1985, created by Jerry Conway and Raphael uh, Kayanen. Harley Quinn, played by Margot Robbie. First appeared in Batman the Animated Series in 1992. Rick Flagg, played by Joel Kinnaman, first appeared in The Brave and the Bold, number 25, September of 1959, created by Robert Kanaker and Ross Andrew. So that's Team Distraction, and we kind of start with them in the prison in Belle Reve, where Savant is throwing his ball as we hear Folsom Prison Blues, and he kills a bird with his ball as he's bouncing it off the wall he's interrupted and put onto task force x which is also known as the suicide squad 
So we're introduced to the concept and the team here. We get him getting the bomb implanted into his neck. Uh, we get him being introduced to Rick Flag, And this is where we kind of meet all of this first members of the team here. Before they go off to Corto Maltese. What was your impression of the characters we had here? Did, did you know that these were going to die pretty much immediately here? Or were you like, was that spoiled for you? Or, you know, from seeing posters that you didn't see Michael Rooker on or something? So the only people I had a good idea that would actually would survive were Harley Quinn, Colonel Flagg, and Amanda Waller. And Boomerang. I thought Boomerang was going to make it because he was a carryover from the first one, right? Right, right. Um, I'm going to say this. Uh, not really a big fan of Pete Davidson. I don't know. The dude just annoys me. I can't really explain mm-hmm. it. It's not even not even counting the fact that somehow he keeps attracting incredibly beautiful women <laughs> by his side. Like, like, literally, like, that's secondary. Just, like, I've listened to some of his stand-up. And it's just really annoying. Mm-hmm. I I don't get it. He's not for me. That's fine. Like, you know, not not for me. I get it. But he just annoys me. So the fact that Pete Davidson lasted all like two minutes and twenty six seconds, I was okay with. Like I was just <laughs> like, you know what? I, I'm fine with that. Like it is what it is. Yeah. Didn't didn't really care for. Don't really care for the dude and, and himself. Um, I know he, he's he's got some 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 issues he's working through personal wise and and. I wish no ill will on him. I want him to get help with those mental issues. But just, I don't know. I don't, the dude just annoys me. Um, Mm -hmm. As far as the rest of the guys, like, I didn't know if they made him up just for this movie. Like, right, right. Once again, that's why I felt like I would say at the top on who, who they were and how long they've been around. Yeah. And, and, and I'm there, I'm there with one of the other people in the room where they're like, did anybody bother to check if the weasel can swim? Like you're doing <laughs> exactly. an air, you're doing an air insertion. You're doing an air insertion into the ocean. You might want to check if if you the people you're you're dropping into the middle of the ocean need floaties. I'll yeah. be honest with you, I would need floaties. Like I can't really swim. So, I mean, I'm a human, so I can kind of let you know about that. When like when yeah, they go you over the plane, <laughs> like hey, we're gonna drop in the ocean. Whoa. Hey, yeah, you, with your hand up. Hey, I can't swim, so I don't know how we're going to work this. I don't so know I how to get we- dropped off on the beach. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as the weasel, I don't know how he communicates or what, is, what he did, what his plan was. I don't know. Uh, TDK, the detachable kid, until you just said that, I had no clue what the hell TDK stood for. Like, the only thing I could think of was, I think there was... Like a media company or like a tape name called TDK. Yes, yes. Back in the day, and I like that was the only thing I could think of. But I was just like, and then when they showed his his power, I'm like, so his arm comes off and he just starts slapping people. Like, I literally yes. thought as I'm watching this, like, they just made these people up because <laughs> I knew there were other characters. Like, I knew like there's like John Cena and yeah, Elba, yeah. right? And we hadn't got to them yet. Like, but I know they're right, part right. of this crew, and I'm just like. So let me get this straight. This is like the Z level team. We got a dude who like you can take his arms off and he can slap people 
and there's a weasel who can't swim who just drowned in front of everybody. <laughs> I thought the other, I thought, uh, what's his name? Superpower was, was the ball. I thought him throwing that ball was oh, his superpower because yeah, yeah. that's the only thing they really focused on. And that's really all he did till he got his head blown off. So I was just like, what, what is this? Did I get bamboozled into watching this horrible movie? <laughs> like five I minutes. I like in, how they start out. Five minutes yeah, into ahead. this, I was gonna have some words with you. Like, what in the world <laughs> am I watching? I kind of like how they start off, kind of focusing on Michael Rooker, and like you think, like, oh, like if you went in not knowing anything, right? You're thinking this is the team, this is the guy, this is our main character that we're getting introduced to here, and then when he just runs off screaming because he's like overwhelmed with everything. It's pretty good setup by James Gunn because this actually shows you the, the the bombs and how they work. And it comes back later, right? When she tries to blow up, you know, um, blood sport at the end, it, you know, this stuff comes back and it's a good setup to show that like, this will actually happen. It's not just a threat. She will do it. Well, yeah. And in, in the first one, right. They, yeah, they explained that a little bit more. They actually went into this whole diatribe about you're being implanted with the, but like they went into it. Yeah. And then who was the native American guy who lasted like a minute and 28 seconds. And then yeah. he tried to scoot off and then he got his head blowed off in the first one. Right. Um, yeah. So that like, like that 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 was great like it was a great way to explain the gist of that because they really didn't go into as much detail in this one as they did in the first one like i kind of since i saw the first one i kind of had the gist of like okay that's the bomb they're planning of like i remember okay she can that's in there and if you start going off on you doing your own thing or whatever like your head will explode like i knew that but i also got to think does the average person know that who didn't see the first one like Anytime a sequel or something like this comes out, you have to expect that people haven't seen the first one yet. You you gotta right, have right. a new audience. So I don't know if they, I don't know if they explained it that well, but they showed. I think it. just show it. Yeah, I think just showing it is is enough. And and the guy you were talking about is Slipknot. He he died in the first one. Yeah. Um, get getting blown up by Rick Flag actually, who 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 pulled the trigger on that one. Um. I didn't know Rick Flagg yeah, had been one thing since I, the 50s. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, it's how pretty is funny. The, how, how are these two movies the first time I've ever heard of the character Rick Flagg? Like he, I don't he know. Like I, he could have been their, their answer to like Captain America. Carl he's kind of like Flagg. the Nick Fury, it, kind of. A bit, but yeah, he, yeah, yeah. With the name Flag too, like he he could, yeah, <laughs> like he could have that character had the potential to be a bigger, right, right. Um, okay, so one thing I want to point out too here, when he gets his head blown off, the the bird that starts eating it is the same type of bird that he killed, and it's kind of like a little poetic justice. There. I saw that, <laughs> and I, and and like. You know, I like animals. We've talked about. I have some some cats I feed and everything I get to take care yep, of. Yep. You have your dogs, right? So we both love animals. So it's always a it's always a good thing when you see in movies like not necessarily a good thing, but you can always tell like who to like or who not to like in a movie 
based on how the animals are going to react to him, right? Like Will yep. Smith in uh, what was the zombie movie he did? Um, um like, I am Legend. Yeah, I am Legend. Like he took care of that dog and that puppy, right? So when that puppy got yeah. bit and he had like he he died, like I cried, right? Like horrible thing. But he right, had. To and I haven't watched it since. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've For many reasons. Since. But but yeah, that that one scene was literally heartbreaking for me. Like I'm not gonna lie, I shed tears. But when this dude decided to kill the bird, I was like, I don't like this guy, and I'm pretty sure that's why they did that. Just yes. so like yeah. you 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 have the thing, the impression of not to like this guy. And then when I saw the bird come back and peck some neck meat out, I was like, okay, <laughs> I was happy. With that. Yes, because uh, what happens is Blackguard is actually, that's Pete Davidson's character, is the one who betrayed them and actually sold them out here. And he's like, you guys can come out now. And he still gets killed. So this was uh, Casey probably cheering with a little fist pump when this moment happened. <laughs> so between the fact that he 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 betrayed him when he came out, I was like, uh, yeah, he's a douche. I would expect nothing less from Pete Davidson. Like, I would, like that's exactly what I would expect from this dude, and then when he got killed, you're right. I was I was like, all right, I'm I'm happy. I wasn't so mad at you anymore after that. Like it went from what the hell did you <laughs> yeah, you're like me watch to okay, you're I'm like, willing. Great, to give I have this to watch a movie with Pete Davidson in it. <laughs> I'm willing, and 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 a damn weasel that just drowned, and then I was like, okay, I'm willing <laughs> to give this a little bit more of a chance. Yeah, I remember being in the theater for this and like people's reactions were were pretty funny at, at some of the stuff happening like so quick and early in this. Um but right after they blow his head off, we get the the opening credits and uh the the song that's playing um which of course is singing about how, you know, those uh those are people that had died and uh showing all of our Suicide Squad members that have died in this, where they show them blinking red as if they've just died and then showing what happened to their bodies. And uh, I laugh every time with TDK, though, just because it's such a silly concept. This is why James Gunn used it, I think, is like just to have fun with it in this five minutes that he appears. Because what good is he really, right? Like he detaches his arms. It's going to take the arms a while to get over there. Then all they can do is whatever an arm can do. So you just see him start like punching. Yeah. Slapping and then people. obviously he gets shot. Like the arms get shot and he's like writhing on the ground. Cause he feels the pain. And it's just like, of course he would be a pointless character. Like, I wonder, I haven't read anything with TDK, but I really wonder. Has anybody read anything <laughs> like, with TDK in it? I mean, yes, there are people that have, his other name is arm fall off boy too, actually, which is uh, a mouthful. I I will say, uh, visually, this movie was incredibly impressive. Um, yeah, I watched this on Netflix, um, and it was it was an HD, uh, it was 1080p, so it it looked pretty good. But this is one of those where I can imagine on the big screen or an HDR or something like that. Like this movie would probably look just absolutely amazing. Well, one of my favorite things that he does in this is the the transitions, right? And how the chapter like, breaks up yeah. in the chapters. Yeah, of like, yeah. 
with smoke or flowers or whatever smoke, it is. Smoke, the roots, right? Like the roots yeah. where it's like, meanwhile, Harley. And you see like them going down yeah. the roots. The Operation Jotunheim and then the smoke blows out and it's Operation Harley when they decide yeah. to go save her instead. Like, man, like James Gunn was just on top of it in this movie when it comes to that. I, I really, like I was in the theater watching that and I was like, I love these transitions. Like, it, they're beautiful to look at. They're cool. Uh, just really style, like a lot of style. And I feel like he was able to let out some of that style a bit more due to the, the rating rated R in this. He, he didn't have to hold back as much, but okay. Um, speaking, speaking of the rated R. Yeah. Um, this was, I, I did not know this was rated R. I, I didn't look up anything about this movie before I started watching. it. So I, I feel like I should have said R. that. We'll get to what you should have said in a moment. Um, the the language didn't bother me. I'm fine with that. The the level yeah. of violence didn't bother me. I'm fine with that. But once again, it, it just took me by shock because I'm thinking this is a comic book movie. So I was thinking this was like PG-13, maybe right, somewhere right. in there, right? I didn't mind the blood or the violence. Like, I can accept that. But it would, it was just, it was more than I anticipated until I found out it was rated R. But, uh, it's got to be warning yeah. that there's going to be a penis shown in the movie. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. My bad. Like, my bad. <laughs> n- not even necessarily you. You should have warned me. But, like, just in general, like, there's got to be a warning on any movie if there's going to be a random penis shown in the movie. Because I- Like, in the rated R description, it says, like, hangs dong or something. And you're like, oh, okay. Okay, look. So, I, I know, like, I know with... Like, if you look up ratings, it'll show, like, nudity, excessive nudity, strong sexual content. And you don't know what type of nudity, yeah. Any number of things, right? Like, there's ways to look down where you can find out almost exactly what it is or whatever. I'm just saying, like, even in the ratings thing, like, if there's going to be any sort of genitalia exposed like that, you just got to let me know. Like, this is going to sound silly, but when I saw it, I had to rewind it because I'm like, did I just see what I think I saw? Because I'm like, there's no way I just saw this in a comic book movie. And then yes. I saw it and yeah. I was like, okay, no, I did see this in a comic book movie. Sure. They really okay. they really let him do whatever the hell he wanted in this movie. Uh, they really wanted him to come over from Disney. And they must have been dead. They, they had to be desperate. Like They were. Not only that, but like usually censors, like you know, when it when it goes to the MPAA, and they and I know it's I've read heard and read a lot of things. There's a lot of negotiation of like, okay, you got to cut these yeah. things, and sometimes it's like okay, sometimes like they've even said like they'll take a movie back. Sometimes they won't cut anything and send it back, and then all of a sudden they get it's a different rating, be, yeah. Or but like there, there's or there's negotiations like okay, I'll cut this and this, but this is essentially the story blah. So I know there's a lot of different things. Say so all that say, I don't know if dude's penis was essential to the story. It was. Like to see to see the dude just Donald Ducking out of a shack like that, I was just like, what is what is going on here? Like Yes. Okay. We'll we'll get to that scene. We'll get to that scene uh and talk a little bit more about that and his penis as we get there. But um yeah, so we get the opening theme and, and the credits. And one thing I also like here is the people in the office in the headquarters who are betting on this stuff. I, I think that is such a... <laughs> That's going to happen. 
That if, would happen. Exactly. Exactly. If they, if, I love how too they're like, hey, have Harley ever worked with uh this person before? And they're like, I don't know. And they're like, you know, uh just talking about that stuff is, is really really fun. Um just like when we watched Rat Race and we were talking about how Yes. <laughs> like, okay, if we're up there, like who are we betting on? And we're trying to we're trying to figure it out. Like, okay, anybody who's part of a team or a couple, like I'm disqualifying them automatically. Because too much of an issue. And then we're trying to break it down who we're going to figure. I don't know if they were trying to figure out like how quick each and every one of them was going to go. Or if they were going to make it. But I can absolutely see. Because this obviously wasn't their first mission. They obviously had it. Right. right. There was at least one more that we know of before this. Right. And something tells me in the time, in the time between the original and this. In their world, there probably was several. There probably were a several. Few. Yeah, yeah. So this, yeah, this ain't the first time, and they, they have a good gist on on, and they know what they're doing as far as like, oh, these people haven't worked together. I can imagine the level of betting and money that's exchanging hands for. I'm, yeah, honestly, so this opening montage, you have them like paying each other and all that kind of stuff. It's really funny. Yeah, I got twenty on this. I'm surprised Amanda Waller wasn't involved in it. Yeah, she kind of looks down on it a bit. They have to do it behind her back, it seems. She's the one in charge. She probably can't sanction stuff like that. I get it. It's an off-the-books yeah, yeah. government project, but it's still like a government thing, and that's probably frowned upon. I get it. So we get this reveal here when the Suicide Squad logo comes up that Team 1 was the distraction, and she's like, all right, Team 2, you are clear. And Team 2 includes Bloodsport, played by Idris uh, Elba. Character name Robert Dubois first appeared in Superman Volume 2, Issue 4 in 1987, created by John Byrne. King Shark, played by Sylvester Stallone. Uh, his character name is Nanawe. First appeared in a cameo in Superboy Volume 4, Issue 0 in 1994. And then also made his full appearance in Superboy Volume 4, number 9, in 1994 as well. And he was created by Carl Kessel and Tom Grummet. Polka Dot Man, played by David Dusmalchian. Uh, his character name is Abner Krill. First appeared Detective Comics number 300, February 1962. He was a Batman villain. Created by Bill Finger and Sheldon Moldoff. Ratcatcher 2, played by Daniela Melchior. Melchior? Her character name is Cleo Cazzo. First appeared in Detective Comics 585 in 1988. Created by Alan Grant, John Wagner, and Norm Brayfogle. Peacemaker, played by John Cena. His character's name is Christopher Smith. First appeared in Fightin' Five number 40 in November 1966. Created by Joe Gill and Pat Boyette. The Thinker is going to appear later, so we'll get to him then. But I had him as grouped into uh, Team 2. And the Suicide Squad headquarters is Amanda Waller, played by Viola Davis. First appeared in Legends Number 1, November 1986. Created by John Ostrander, Len Wein, and John Byrne. Johnny Conomos, played by Steve a a Aggie. First appeared Suicide Squad issue number one, 1987, created by John Ostrander and Luke McDonnell. Amelia Harcourt, played by James Gunn's wife, Jennifer Holland, first appeared Suicide Squad volume five, number two, in November of 2016, created by Rob Williams and Jim Lee. And Flo Crawley, this is the woman that's going to hit 
Amanda Waller over the head with the golf club later. Her character um, was played by Tanache Kajise. Uh, first appeared to Suicide Squad issue one, 1987, created by John Ostrander and Luke McDonald. So that catches us up on all of the characters that you mentioned earlier, the 50 some characters in this movie. <laughs> okay. So before we get started with the rest of the story, um, Idris Elba, Idris Elba is always a great actor, so good to see him doing something like this. Yes. Uh, Apparently, Cena also, by the way, real quick, Elba's character, there was rumors that this would have been Will Smith's character if they could have got Will Smith back. And that instead of recasting Will Smith, they just made it Bloodsport, which is almost the same exact character as Deadshot with like being able to shoot. I can I can see that I can see Deadshot being slid into like yeah I can yeah, they both can, had young daughters it. you know like it makes it makes sense yeah that yeah okay we can't get him he doesn't want to come back and we just can't get him slide someone else in there tweak the story a little bit same thing uh, John Cena was a little bit better in this than I anticipated um, obviously you know I'm a big wrestling fan the Royal Rumble is going on yeah. right now as we speak so. Uh, I'm gonna check on that in a little bit. See who won. Um, nice. I appreciate it. You taking the time out to not <laughs> to do the podcast. I don't. Okay. I don't know why my brain won't accept this. I will 100% say this makes zero sense to me. That my brain will not. My brain is willing to accept a starfish from another world. Okay. That. Spits out baby starfish that can take over human beings, right? And gets bigger mm-hmm. as it takes over other things. My brain is willing to accept that. But my brain is struggling to accept King Goddamn Shark. I cannot <laughs> explain it. Don't know why. I, While I'm watching this movie and I'm looking stuff up, I'm reading up a little bit on him and eventually I found out like he, he has both gills and lungs, so that's how he can survival man because yes. at one point at one point later in the movie i'm like wait a damn minute how is he even on land like yeah what the, like I, literally my brain just <laughs> shut down at this massive shark the only way i lightened up to him is what is two words fake mustache nom nom fake uh, mustache. The fake mustache when he said fake mustache and then he went i, 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 I was like okay yeah I, I was like, okay, you know what? I, I, I have no choice but to accept you now. But my brain still struggled the rest of the movie. And then like 20 minutes later Man. when I see him running, I'm like, wait a minute. How the hell How's is he breathing? He, what is going on here? My, my brain still can't, like I said, I can accept the intergalactic starfish. Sure, why not? I can accept the weasel for Christ's sake, but King Shark, <laughs> my brain just said, I, I've had enough. Like, I don't know what's going on here, but I want no part of that. Until By the way, said, when they introduce, when they introduce weasel and they say like, Oh no, Rick Flag's like, no, he's not a danger to anyone. I mean, he did kill like 27 kids, but <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, no, King Shark, yeah. No, I really like him in this movie. Uh, How the hell did they get is... Sylvester Stallone? Well, he's in Guardians, so he, James Gunn has a connection with him. And actually, James you know Gunn said... Right. I forgot he was in Guardians. James Gunn said he's one of the only people to have who, who like 
one of the first people that checked in on him when he got fired from Disney too. Stallone I, was like, "Hey, how are you? How are you doing? This is ridiculous." I I forgot he was in Guardians, and I mean, look, that voice was perfect for King Shark, I guess, because I can't imagine what yeah. his voice would sound like any other way. I couldn't even I couldn't even notice it was him really. If he didn't tell me it was Stallone, I don't think it like sounds obviously like Stallone, you know? No, but once I found out, I was like, okay, I can kind of yeah. hear it now. Well, I can just imagine that phone call. Hey, uh, how you doing? You okay? Glad you called, because I got the role for you. And all he did was voiceover. The, the person that played him on set was Steve Adji, who plays yeah. Johnny Economos. I, I got the yeah. word. I got a role for you. Two words. Fake mustache. <laughs> I even yeah. I even paused the movie at one point, and before he did it, and Googled. Like, I have to see if they did this. Is there a picture of King Shark with a fake mustache? <laughs> I had to do a Google image search on that. Because I was like, that is just so utterly ridiculous. Don't tell me that they did that in this movie. And they did. And I was like, okay. I, like, you won me over at fake mustache. Let's go on this ride. Now, you said John Cena. You are a wrestling fan. Were you a fan of Cena in his wrestling days? I know he comes back sometimes, like during the strikes and stuff. But. I was I was a fan when he first started and when he first got big. Uh, like a lot of other people, I kind of lost fandom of him because he was on top for so long, mm-hmm. and there was there were things that wrestling fans would, would say he would go super Cena on people. Where so wrestling match, you have a, the babyface and he was a good guy for so long. Babyface is a good guy. He was the bad guy, right? And in a wrestling match, at some point, like, babyface start off strong. The heel takes over, right? And he commences to beating the babyface down. And then at some point, there's what's called the comeback, right? Where babyface comes back, and then eventually they see a finish. And, uh, you know, that's when he would go Super Cena. He had his, quote-unquote, five moves of doom, right? Which everyone could, once you, once you saw it coming, it was like, okay, here it comes. Like, you know, the five-knuckle shuffle, this, that, the other thing, blah, blah, blah. But then, as you read more into it, um, I became a fan of his personally because do you know how many wishes this dude has granted from the Make-A-Wish Foundation? I've seen the number before, but he's like the number one guy, isn't he? By a long shot. Yeah. Since 2002, this was as of September 27, 2022. He holds the title for making the granting the most make a wishes with six hundred and fifty since two thousand two. That was as of two years ago. Like he's one of those guys who the kids from Make a Wish, if they if they request to see him, he goes out of his way. Yeah. And there's even been things where, you know, there's been there there are these kids who have these horrible illnesses and things. And there's one thing that like they, they I saw on the WWE network where there's these 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 families and these kids that talk about what Cena John Cena has meant to them as far as uh he's got this thing never give up, you know, all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And these kids would use that and that kind of helps a lot of them get better. 
and they're telling their story. They don't know, like, they think they're just doing the interview for, like, Make-A-Wish Foundation or for, like, WWE. Yeah, they don't they know They don't he's know he's behind a wall. And it, it's weird because he breaks down crying seeing these stories, like, because he doesn't realize, like, how much he means to some of these kids and these families. And it's it's one of those things like I didn't appreciate him as a wrestler totally. I appreciated mm-hmm. what he did as a human being as a person. But then after he left to go make movies, the business kind of started going down and like viewership levels went down or a bunch of other things. Oh, really? Yeah, and it, it like it it spikes when someone like him or The Rock comes back. And then you truly realize how big of a star he was and how much he meant to the business. There's even an issue where he he fought the Rock at WrestleMania two years in a row, including the first year he did it. Um, the first time he fought him, they had some very personal issues between the two of them because Cena went off script in their promos in the ring one time, and Cena talked about at the time Cena was all in a, at WWE. He was he was there one hundred percent of the time. He talked about how he thought it was disrespectful that The Rock would take these long breaks and go make movies and come mm-hmm. back. But he, you know, he talked about how he was there every day and so on and so forth. And it took him to leave himself and go start making movies and TV shows for him to realize. The way he talked about it was he didn't realize, like, The Rock can't just take six months off to come back and wrestle for six months. Right, because he has these studio projects lined up and these movies lined right. up, and then they start hiring cast and crews, and they need to be ready by certain dates because they're going to fly to Fiji to start filming this stuff, like July first. So you know they got to get their paperwork, passports, and visas, and you know all this other stuff. But if he goes out there and wrestles and gets hurt, there's hundreds of people out of a job. Yeah, like, literally, like it, it, it pauses everything, and they can't necessarily be hired on another crew because as these other movies have already filled their crews based on people they know. And like, you can't come yep. in and, and be a cameraman or a grip in the middle of another movie. They already have their crew and I don't think the union allows it. Right. Unless people get hurt or sick, like, but right. Right. Cause they so, want to protect the jobs of the people that. Are, yeah. yeah. So like it took him, to, it took John Cena to go away and, for him to start making these movies to realize that there are literally are hundreds of people who are depending on him. And if he goes, gets hurt because he's still wrestling, these other people are out of a job. And now what are they going to do until they can latch on for another movie that's being picked up? And, you know, he's like, they've made up. He since apologized to him because he's like, I didn't realize it was more than just, he thought it was just the rock's ego. But like, oh, yeah, I, I'm going to yeah. go make movies. Now I'm going to come back and wrestle and go make movies and come back. But he, he realized, like, it's more the ego. Like, these other people are depending on you wholeheartedly. Um, and he even, like, he came back earlier this year during the, you know, the actor strike. But he also had to, like, check with the union and get permission because he wasn't sure, like, how long it's going to last. You know what I'm saying? And even if yeah. all of a sudden... You know, once the strike ends, he doesn't know how long it's going to be before they can start picking back up film. But he also has to make sure, like, hey, like, you know, if I go over here, I got to at least be able to finish these storylines out in the ring or whatever. So it might be a couple weeks, a month, whatever the case is. But he also got to make sure he doesn't get hurt 
but he's also got to be able to make sure like he's ready to go back. So he kind of had to work within the union and, and figure some stuff out when he came back earlier this year to figure out how he was going to be able to do that. And he pulled it off, but it was still, you know, uh, it, it, it wasn't, he realized it was a lot more to it. So now when he comes back, it's a lot more special to see him come back. Hmm. Yeah, so, you know, I was never a uh, wrestling guy. So, like, I had only seen him on, like, promos and, like, people in my school that had, like, John Cena shirts on, you know, stuff like that. So I didn't really know him until, I I guess this is actually the first thing I saw him in. Because I'm looking at his things. I, I haven't seen him in the Marine. I haven't seen Trainwreck. I haven't seen Blockers. I haven't seen... I think Bumblebee. I saw the Marine because he was still in WWE at the time, and they like I think it was a WWE Studios film, and they were filming. Oh yes, it was. Yeah, they were like they were they were trying to get a film studio off the ground that never really got off the ground. They made some movies. They made a bunch. They made I think they made like five or six sequels to that that were like direct to video. I think it goes up to like Marine Five or Marine <laughs> Six, and they had other people filling in for it, um, but. I saw that. I didn't see any of the other stuff. I know he did. Uh, he did a movie with Amy Schumer that apparently did. Uh, that was Trainwreck. Yeah, apparently he did very well in that. Yeah, and that kind of started opening. That's when I feel like him. I started hearing people say how good of an actor he is. Yeah, and and so the way someone explained, like if you look at it for pro wrestling, especially as these people have their characters and things, they're part actor, parts like, but they're actors who kind of do their own stunts. And I don't, I don't want to. I'm not trying to denigrate wrestling by saying it's all stunts, but like they do all the physical work and if there's no stunt right, it comes right. in for, for some of this. So um but yeah, you know, he picked up and he realized like it, it when in wrestling when what they do is called bumping, right? So when they get science to the mat, it's called a bump. As one wrestler put it, you only have so many bumps in your bump card. Every wrestler's different, right? Some have more, some have less. But at some point, it just it catches up with you, just like a football player, basketball player. At some point, right, right, age and everything else catches up with you. You're not as fast, you're not as good, and it comes a time to step away and, and, and retire. You know, so but he was able to find a second career, and I'm glad, I'm happy for him. Yeah, because for me, when I was seeing this movie, he was kind of the standout actor wise. Like I, I wasn't expecting much from him, and I thought he absolutely nailed his role. Not just with the comedy stuff, right? The scene when he shows up in his underwear and Bloodsport says he's in his tidy whities I love his delivery of, that's racist. <laughs> and then some of the serious stuff when we get to him and Rick Flagg later on and stuff like that. Like, he really surprised me. And he surprised James Gunn, too, I think, because James Gunn said he comes out with the Peacemaker series after this. and he had no plans for that until he was filming this movie and John Cena just owned the role so well. He said, Oh, I can do more with this guy. And that's when they added on the, the post credit scene. So I haven't watched the series, uh, the Peacemaker series. Cause I wasn't really interested in it. Cause I'm like, I, one, I hadn't seen this movie yet. Right. And I, right. I, I just had, I was like, I don't really know if I want to see John Cena as he called him. And what did he call him? What, what did he call his, call his helmet there? Uh, like a uh, like a, or something. T- a toilet. Uh, the somebody toilet called it a toilet. 
Bowl yeah. or toilet seat toilet or something. Bowl, yeah. yeah, something like that. I don't know. What, what did you think of the Peacemaker series? I saw like it was actually got pretty decent reviews at least. So <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it is amazing. I I was really shocked. I, I so as a person that loves this movie, when they announced a Peacemaker series, I was like, do I really need to see that? And then like all, all the lead up to it and <laughs> that the was trailers. The same thing. I was thinking like, do, do we? Yeah, need the, that? the, that's what the, I thought the about the this movie. Up, do we really need this? The lead up to it. I was like seeing trailers and I was like, I don't know, man. I, I like, I trust James Gunn, but I was like, I, I don't know. I'll give it a shot. And then it releases. And I watched like, I think they released the first two or three in one week. And I was like, Holy shit. Like that, that was good. Like I was, I was like, I didn't think I would need a peacemaker show. And, um, they're making a season two because it was very popular on max, but, um, it was just, it shocked me. I will say that it shocked me and it shows off way more of John Cena's range too. Like, uh, again, he just really shocked me in that. Um, because in this movie, I hate John Cena, not the, not the actor, but his character. He's because easy to he's hate like, in this. Yeah. Yes, he is. He is easy to hate in this movie because of not having the morals that Rick flag has. When we get to that battle, it's, you know, he is, like he says, he will, <laughs> He loves peace so much. He will kill as many men, women, and children he needs to to uh, to bring peace. And it's just this very, uh, what is it like? Par like a paradox, right? Of you, you can't be a lover of peace and also be so okay with killing everybody. Uh, I mean, he loves peace so much he will eat a whole bunch of dicks on this island just to bring peace <laughs> yeah i was just like what the? like I, I i didn't really need to know that but okay sure uh but yeah so he really shocked me in this uh yeah i mean so he he was just um great and and it was somebody i loved to hate in this show in this in this movie like it was like that type of villain that he's charismatic enough in the role that you enjoy watching him, but you also are like, man, I just like, I love what he's doing with the role, but I hate his character right now. And, and I like those type of characters and anything. So we're introduced to these characters. Uh, we, cause they go back in time, right? We see him on the beach. Then we go back in time. We see Dubois getting recruited into the suicide squad. We see his daughter had got caught shoplifting, uh, a watch that she can watch TV on. And uh, that really befuddles uh, <laughs> Dubois. But we also learned he's in here for putting Superman in the ICU with a kryptonite bullet, which I thought was a really, really nice touch, a little reference to, um, you know, just having run-ins with the Justice League without having to see them. And then having his daughter, like, be able to get arrested, he he joins. That's the one thing that can make him join. He's been saying to Waller, I'm not going to join your Suicide Squad. She found a way. Well, it, it wasn't point. just the fact that his daughter got arrested. It was... She, she, she was, was saying She was pretty much saying she would influence how long she could go away and stuff. It was like really dirty. It, it, it wasn't just that. It was so... Realistically, Louisiana... Louisiana's prisons are, are not the best. I think the most dangerous prison in the country is in Louisiana. 
Um, and in a lot of those states, when you are over a certain age, uh, you can be tried as an adult. And it seems that people of color seem to get tried as an adult a lot more than other people in some of these states. So, yeah, I'm sure in, in her position, she could make a couple of calls, especially to whatever judge, because a lot of these judges are corrupt in general. Well, yeah, she would be she would be looked at as an adult, and then she would be sent to the very same prison her dad is in. She brought up yeah. the fact that they have a high mortality rate, which means mm-hmm. it's a very dangerous prison, and people get killed there all the time. Um, I like I like uh, the conversation she and John have later, where he said where John brings up like all that stuff he said about his daughter. Are you are you really capable of doing that? She says John has no yeah. idea what I'm capable of. Um, I would. This look- is Waller, by the way. This is exactly how she is in the comics. She is Viola Davis plays her so well too. It is like you're. It is scary. You have no clue what she's capable of because you're like John wants to think he's not working for a monster who will do that just to get this guy onto the team. But you, but you also she have to will. think her entire project is completely off the books. Yeah, like. There's, 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 there's no paper trail on this project. Like, there's, there's nothing. This is not, and this is probably not an officially sanctioned government project. It's one of those things where, uh, this will tie back to how we started this all with Independence Day, where Judd Hirsch was like, "You yeah. really think they paid twenty thousand dollars for a hammer, thirty thousand dollars for a toilet seat?" Right. This is one of those black budget projects where. Like they get money from various slush funds or other things that they take over, and it's completely off the books. There's, there's no inspector general that's going to come in, and and look at how they're running things and tell them they have to clean up certain things. Like, the their job is to just get results, and it doesn't matter how they go about doing it. Like, they have certain missions they have to accomplish. They need to get results on those missions. So whatever it is, get results figure it out so i would i'd be interested to see and i don't think we ever will of how maybe uh amanda waller came into that position and what it actually entails um and some other things that she does because i think that character is fascinating um yeah and we saw a little bit of it in the first one where i forget who she's having dinner with um you know, and it's mm-hmm. it's all over the trailers where she talks about like you know, imagine you know, Superman just decides to basically go evil, and all of a sudden decides to come crashing into the White House. Like, what are we gonna do? Like, do we do we have anything? You know, we, how do we prepare for that? Like going back to uh, Dubois, how the hell did he get Kryptonite for a bullet? Where he he shot Superman with a bullet in this one, and that's how he ended yeah. up in jail. Like. I, I want to know more about that. Like, what is going on here? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, one of those little nuggets that you're like, oh, I wish I could have seen that. Uh, I wish I could have seen that. <laughs> has there has there been any talk of Idris Elba re, re, uh, doing any more of that character, or was that probably just a one-off for him? I think it's dead now. It, I, I don't know, because... Because of the reboot, I, I don't really know what the plans are going forward. So they're still doing 
Peacemaker season there's two. A, there's a reboot. I they are doing that. Waller, a series on Waller too. That is going to be part of the DCU with with Viola Davis returning, but it's it's probably going to be on a fresh uh, on the fresh continuity. But um, that's supposed to start filming this year at at some point. But we don't really know much about what what that's about or anything. But um, it was in the announcement that James Gunn made when he had his. Uh, plan for chapter one of the new dcu uh so we're introduced to peacemaker and we get the uh you know where she says almost the same exact thing she says about dubois and you know dubois like hey that's what you said about me he does everything i do and then john cena says you know but better and this is a meme this i know we were going to get to this at one point if there's any memes this is the only meme i can think of i've seen this quite a bit where people will put other people's like faces over top of uh, Elba's and John Cena's for like, Oh, they do the same thing I do, but better like that. That's like a, that's the only meme I think I can see from this that I've seen. Um, we get introduced to King shark. We get introduced there needs to, to be a damn meme with King shark and his fake mustache. How is that? Not yeah. a meme? <laughs> we get rat catcher too. And I love, peacemaker's response of what we couldn't afford peacemaker one <laughs> i mean not peacemaker, Rat Rat one. One. <laughs> okay I- i'm gonna spoil this now my absolute favorite thing in this entire movie for whatever reason sebastian the Rat. i can't i love sebastian it. too he's I so cute don't know, i don't know why is that rat waving at me i think he is <laughs> i i, just, I don't he's know friendly. why <laughs> Yeah, and I I went down a <laughs> rabbit hole of Sebastian the Rat while I'm watching this. Like, I need to know more about this dude. I I don't get it. It makes no sense to me. But I, I love Sebastian the Rat. Yeah, I I love Sebastian too. Uh, Sebastian is great. Um, and yeah, we'll talk about it when we get to the end there. But if we get Ratcatcher two. Ratcatcher one was her dad. We get more of that backstory later and then we get introduced to polka dot man where peacemaker says what he throws polka dots at people and then waller doesn't respond uh it's really it's like yeah i guess that's what he does this seemed like another villain when i first heard it and when that line came out i'm like they literally just made this dude up for this story. <laughs> I was no like, classic batman no villain way. i knew of him i knew of him before this but i did I, I, Look, you, you went through his character story, said he was from the 50s yes. or something. Like, he's an old dude. His character's yeah. old. I get it now. But I was like, okay, this this is like, to me, this seemed like either they were drunk at a bar or they were like, someone made a bet of like, I I, I bet you can't make a, a, a character. And they put a bunch of stuff in a hat and was yeah. like, polka dots. Can you make a, a hero or villain out of polka dots? And someone was like, I'll be damned if I don't. And that was like a hundred dollar bet, and they made polka dot man. To be to be fair, I think that is most of the fifties and sixties villains that they came out with. Have In you the 50s heard and of sixties? There was a lot of drugs going around. So, have you heard of Condiment King? That's a Batman villain. Condiment you say King. Anything like that again? I'm turning this off and I'm walking away. Kite Man. Does, what is, does Condiment King spread ketchup and mustard out of his hands? Yes, he does. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me, dude. I'm not kidding. 
<laughs> Let me find a picture of him. Hold on. There's no way that's real. This is the, uh, let, let me find the, uh, the comic book interpretation of him. Cause the cartoon one is really comical, but, uh, here is a more down to earth version. I guess here you go. See, he's got relish. Uh, well now it's loading. All right, so he's got relish in the green, mustard in the red, uh, yellow, and ketchup in the red, and he's got this gun where he sprays out condiments. Now, what kind of drugs were these people on? <laughs> he came out in 66, so I don't know. It was probably some good stuff, though. Um, I can't wait till he shows up in, in something at some point. Anyway. I swear to anything bring... and everything that's holy. <laughs> If I'm watching one of the shows, one of these shows, and I see a dude with ketchup and mustard on his belt as one of these villains, I'm done. Like, th this this will be my cheating moment of what is that dot right there? That broke me. I'm done. That's funny. Um, so they get, uh, oh, they also get Calendar Man too. Calendar Man is the one that's played by Sean Gunn, and he's yelling at. Polka dot man. I mi I, saw um, he's him, got, like, I missed him. I don't know what happened. Like Yeah, he's got like the months written on his head. Um Okay, so they're receiving a briefing on the plan, and this is where they're told about Project Starfish. This is where, of course, Peacemaker asks about Starfish being a slang for butthole. I never heard that before. No, but I, he wanted I, to make sure it. it had nothing to do with it. You had? I, okay. I've heard that term. That's a real before. thing. Yeah, no, that that is real. That that's real. So then they arrive on the island and we're caught up to where we were at the beginning. We flash to Harley receiving the javelin from Javelin. Uh, she gets captured here. Rick Flagg has escaped and is seemingly captured, but he's taken with the uh, resistance. And then Team 2 stops to camp. And this is where we see, you know, Polka Dot Man expel his polka dots for the first time. This is where King Shark tries to eat Rat Catcher. We get the tidy whitey scene. Nom, nom. And Ratcatcher becomes fr friends with King Shark, so that way he won't eat them. And then they're told their new plan is to go get Rick Flag. And um, Waller says, from Hostiles. So this is all on Waller, by the way. <laughs> when Peacemaker and Bloodsport have this battle of the kills here as they go through the camp. Look, in all fairness... Unless I mean, now they did have the technology; they were able to see a lot of stuff through satellite vision and stuff. But it's not unreasonable to think that that flag got captured by hostile forces in that situation. Like, unless you specifically knew it was like the resistance to the government, which you just got ambushed because Pete Davidson's dumbass just <laughs> sold you out, right, to a hostile yeah. force. So is it unrealistic to think that uh, the the remains of that hostile force captured Colonel Flag? No, it's not. So yes, that that but that is all. I do think I do think Waller knows though because I I think when we find out that she's fine with leaving the government as it is, taken over by the people that you know take it over. 
Um, I feel like she she wasn't she didn't care if the resistance got wiped out, and I think she was probably fine with that. So, uh, I think her whole thing is like, all right, just get flagged no matter what, so that way we can move on with the mission. But this scene, uh, this is one that had the theater howling at this this battle of the kills when you have them just trying to one up each other with all of their kills as they're going through. And then the reveal, of course, that Rick Flag is not captured by hostiles and then them asking, like, why didn't my men alert me? And then like, we didn't see anybody <laughs> out here. Um but we learn a lot here. So uh, we learn that uh, Polka Dot Man has to image stuff as his mom because of some mommy issues he has in order for him to destroy it. That was crazy. Uh, so he, he mentions this. <laughs> He's the one that spills the beans. He's like, well, they turned into my mom and I had to kill them. And then, then King Shark coughing up the finger. We get King Shark eating a person. We get the guy hanging dong, like you said, get shot immediately. Um, and, you know, the no one likes a show off. And then Peacemaker saying they do if what they're showing off is dope as fuck. And then <laughs> Dubois being like, fuck, that's true. Yeah, yeah he even asking me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what were your thoughts here as they're killing all these people? I, I'm guessing you you knew you did not know that these were friendly people as well, right? No, I had no clue they were part <laughs> of like the resistance fighters, like that they just wiped out half the resistance fighters for the island. But uh, um, it was definitely entertaining, um, seeing everything go through. Uh, I think at one point we even saw uh, Ratcatcher two and and Sebastian. Uh, and the rats come out for 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 some people and things, and I was yes. Just like, she had the rats in like this bag of stuff that the guy was going to get, and then the bag opened up and all the rats popped out. It was pretty cool. So I mean, uh, they started getting very creative with with how they were with killing people, and I can imagine shooting the fan into the bathtub and like yeah, when you're trying like to make yeah. this and you're like, okay, these two have to start one upping each other, like. How do you how do you come up with these various kills that they're gonna do right? Um, yeah, but it was it was definitely entertaining, for sure. Yeah, this was a this was a scene that I just loved in the theater, and uh, it seemed like a lot of people were having fun with it. So they real they reveal that Flag was not captured, and they killed all of the rebellion. They meet uh, the rebellion leader takes them to go meet Milton who is driving the uh, the van for them uh, <laughs> to take them to the bar where the think- thinker hangs out. So Milton hangs back with King Shark at the van while everybody else goes gets a drink. The whole Milton thing. Uh, and it comes up <laughs> later. I just... Yeah. Uh, and this is, this is where, where, where they start coming up with a plan where they have to go into the nudie bar. And that's where King Shark comes up with his whole. How do you? This was the first time I noticed they showed boobs in this movie. Actually, you know that. I did. Yeah, it it was just like one quick first few times. It was just like one quick shot, but I think I think they had to. There's one 
there's one in the balcony when they're first arriving to the bar, and then there's one when they're running out the back. I think but they that's had the to first time it. I noticed either. They had to show it considering they showed unsanctioned penis earlier in the movie. <laughs> yeah. They have to balance it out. Um, there's the balance. But yeah, this is where they're like, how do you, like you're gonna have to stay in the in the van? How do you plan on how do you how do you plan on getting yeah, in disguise? You, what, what kind of disguise can you wear? Fake mustache, and that's that's where I lost it. That's where I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on here, but we're gonna go on this adventure, and uh, we'll and see how they take it, it so seriously, too. Like Dubois, like you look like an idiot. Like it's, I can tell it's you. <laughs> you don't look any different. Okay. At this point, what can you really do or say? You had a dude who's a goddamn shark who just said he's gonna put on a fake mustache to be to 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 wear as a disguise. Like, okay, I know you're a baseball fan, right? You know what that yes, reminds yes. me of? You know what I'm gonna say. Oh, right? yes. Bobby yes, Valentine with the New York. Bobby Mets. Valentine. <laughs> got gets ejected from the game and came out wearing Comes the back in with mark. the mustache. The the mustache and the nose and the glasses. And it was the most ridiculous thing anybody's ever seen. And he got fined and he might even got suspended for it. But I got to give him credit for trying because I'm like, what are they really going to do? Yeah, yeah. Um, So they're in the bar. This is, uh, I, and again, this is where I'm conflicted with Peacemaker at times, right? Because they all get drinks and then they didn't bring one for Sebastian. He's like, you forgot the rat, you know? And then the waitress brings one over. I was like, good looking out peacemaker. Little did I know going forward, but, uh, I can't believe they also got Dr. Who to appear in this movie. Yeah. Peter Capaldi. Yeah. As the thinker, um, before we get to him though, we flash back to Harley who is captured and is brought towards the president day who wants to marry her because apparently the people of Corto Maltese love Harley Quinn. Who doesn't uh, love so Harley they have Quinn? S- <laughs> they have sex. Uh, apparently he's got a monster between the legs, as apparently, what Harley says. Apparently this whole island does. Like, Jesus. <laughs> and then he starts talking about his plan and about killing kids and all this kind of stuff, and Harley... Shoots him, says he's got a bunch of red flags. When Harley and Quinn she's promised you, herself, when Harley Quinn yeah, tells you you have red flags, there's something wrong. She's she like she made a promise therapist. to herself yeah. to like not deal with that anymore. You know, she's obviously referring to Joker and some of the yeah. previous relationships she had. Uh, so that was. That was fun, and then she gets captured again here and is going to be questioned by the person that takes over as President Day afterwards. So then we flash back over to Milton as everybody is saying to, uh, they know they're looking out for some Americans. So now they're sending the military to look for Americans anywhere in town. And of course, they're showing up at the bar. At the same time, the thinker shows up, played by Peter Capaldi, and I guess I can share his stuff. Gaius Greaves. First appearance of a thinker was All Flash number 12, 1943. But 
the one that this version is based off of is based off of an unknown character. Like he's still the thinker, but his name was not Gaius Greaves. Uh, but that one, the look of this with the thing sticking out, I've said is from suicide squad volume four, number 24 of December, 2013 created by Matt Kind and Patrick Zerker. Uh, so as you can see, James Gunn, and he says this all the time, he reads old comics and he also reads a lot of new stuff and he'll kind of mix characters from all eras, which I really enjoy from what James Gunn does here. So Dubois goes up to him, puts the gun there and is like, you're coming with me. But at the same time here now, the military comes in looking for Americans. Dubois, Rick Flagg and Peacemaker end up sacrificing themselves. So that way rat catcher, and uh, Polka Dot Man can lead Thinker out of there back to King Shark and Milton and get in the van. Oh, we also get the great scene of the dancing when uh, Polka Dot Man is dancing and everybody turns into his mom there too. I really, <laughs> really like that scene. Um, and Pom Clementoff, uh, Clementif, who plays uh, Mantis, is one of the dancers in that scene too, actually. Really? Yeah. She's like the one that they focus on and she's doing like a dance when that song first starts playing. And then, and then when he goes out to the dance floor later. Yeah. So he, he has some of his, uh, guardians crew in movies. Surprise. Um, Chris private. In this one. He has, he says he might show up in the DC universe. Uh, he works well with them. So, uh, so they capture Flag, Dubois, and Peacemaker, and they get into the truck. This is where then they're going to fight their way out of the truck. It crashes, and the van's right behind them for them to get in. But this is that cool scene where it says Operation Jotunheim, and then turns into Operation Harley, as they learn in the truck that Harley is captured. All right, so they go to save Harley. Meanwhile, she saves herself. Uh, in this and gets fully out of the building while she starts, she can even gets into a cab when she sees uh flag and Dubois start running by. And then right when they're about to launch into the, the room, she's like, what What's are you guys up, guys? up to? <laughs> so, so this is one of the more, the Harley Quinn stuff is some of the more visually striking stuff between Obviously, we know like she has flowers very skin. And stuff. Well, yeah, with, with that, but before that, with the the red dress, the the very bright red lipstick that that she had. Um, obviously, the very, that contrasts well with the pale skin and everything, right? But yeah, so you know when she won, I think there's a lot of people out there, both men and women, who would have pay anything to be that guy. That uh, got his neck broken. Uh, I think I'm one of them. Not gonna lie. Um, Margot Robbie's fantastic. Um, the two, I think. Uh, yeah, the, the the whole thing with the flowers that she's going through, and she's just laying waste to everybody that's out there. I mean, amazingly, she manages to pick up a pair of boots that fit her because there's nothing worse than wearing a pair of boots like that that are either too big or too small. It is not comfortable. You have to get some that fit. But uh, between the dress and the boots, and then she's just laying waste to everybody. Um, she manages to find the 
the javelin, the javelin. again. Yeah, I, you know, and then she once again just commences to laying waste to everybody. Uh, this was also another one of those, while visually stunning, uh, unprecedented unprecedented levels of violence I was not expecting in in what I thought was just a comic book movie. Uh, and probably a surprise too that i picked it because i'm not like super into violence a lot of times but like this movie it's like i can easily look past it because of just the the story and just like some of it's played for laughs enough that like for me because i'm not one to like i I, if this was like saw i probably could handle it just because of tone and stuff like it's like so different i think with the colors the color palette and everything else that made it such a comic book movie like it's not quite to the levels of into the spider-verse where at some point you did have panels and you had pow bam like stuff like yeah, that yeah but but this comic suits are like really accurate very vibrant but that, that that's the thing the vibrant colors the the flat like the with the flowers the 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 like you said the scene uh, the switching between scenes and transitions that they have, it kind of comic-fied it enough to where, like you said, you kind of almost let the levels of violence go because it does seem, it does, it, it's not quite Quentin Tarantino-esque levels of violence. It's more yeah. comic book levels of violence, even though it is still pretty gory and violent at times. But like you said, you can kind of brush past it because it is a comic book movie. And it, it almost seems to go with the flow of, of, of that. It's kind of like, I, I let it go in Deadpool too. Like, it's like just totally different, you know, for me. So it's like, I don't well, know. De- yeah. I think with Deadpool, it, it goes so far. It's one of yeah, those, like, yeah. it, like it, it's not, it goes so far past like this and like Quentin Tarantino levels of violence. It pushes it so far past that boundary where it just becomes ridiculous again. So you're just yes, like, yeah, eh, why not? All right, so Harley gets out of there. She's going to team up back with them, and this is where they bring up their plan to infiltrate Jotunheim. And, you know, they're talking with the thinker, like, you're going to help us. If we see you do this, you die. You know, if we see you do this, you die. And then Harley's which like, is another good shout out. Which is a place. good shout-out to, uh, to the original one. Yes, yeah. With, what, with Joker having his... No, Flag Flag did that speech where he got once he got oh, everybody no, yeah. together, and it was like you know if, if you disobey me you die. And I kind of went on. The I same thought you thing. meant the uh, yes when Harley mentions personalized license plates, she's referring to Joker, I, I believe here because he does have one. So she's you know bringing up her past here again. Um, she's got a lot of trauma she needs to work through. Yes, she does. <laughs> And it's revealed that Project Starfish is Starro the Conqueror, which I don't believe I knew that going into this movie, that Starro was the villain. And I love it because when else were they ever going to use Starro the Conqueror? So this is the first villain the Justice League fought. His first appearance was in The Brave and the Bold number 28 in 1960, created by Gardner Fox and Mike Sikowski. Sikowski? Uh, some people were complaining, like, why is Starro in a Suicide Squad movie? Why wouldn't they get the Justice League on this? Uh, one, James Gunn wanted to do Starro. 
two, they were never actually supposed to fight Starro. They were supposed to bring down the building, which I think they thought was going to bring down Starro. And three, everything happened so fast. They, they, no way the Justice League's probably getting there in time. But anyway, I what? love it because nobody else was touching that character at all except for James Gunn. Nobody would have thought to use Starro. If you would have told me, once again, I'll go back to what I said earlier. If you would have told me that's a villain they made up just for this movie, uh, I would have bought that. I would have said that sounds like that sounds like either something that somebody made up drunk at a bar or since you said it went back to the 60s, there was probably a lot of PCP (laughs) that went around when this move when that character was made. Um, Once again, I don't know why. My mind is okay with the giant starfish, but cannot grasp the thing short. I still can't explain it, but whatever, man. Yeah. Well, we also, so we get this scene. This is one of my favorite scenes is when we get the them arriving to Jotunheim and it is just pouring rain, pouring rain that you, they walk out there. They can't even see five feet in front of them. And then you get the Hey song by the Pixies going, and then uh, them just walking in that line is awesome. And then they eventually, you know, get get close enough where they're able to start fighting these, uh, fighting the military. They they take them out. They get into the building and close the blast doors. There's like these doors for an emergency that they make the thinker uh, input. Once they're inside, some have to set the charges and some go downstairs to Project Starfish. And Peacemaker walks away from King Shark and will later sneak downstairs because he has a secret mission from Amanda Waller. Flag, Rat, Catcher, and Thinker go downstairs and see Starro and the people that Starro have taken over. And they started to learn what this really was. So Starro is able to control these people from having the little starfish attach onto their faces. That's what they do in the comics as well. Um, Flag learns that the U S government was part of this research. Uh, thanks to the thinker saying that, and that their yeah, whole mission here is to actually, <laughs> this whole mission is to get the evidence and then bring down the building. So that way nobody knows about it. Now, of course he has a conscious So uh, he wants to tell the media. And this is where Peacemaker appears and says he cannot let anyone get out with that information. Because if people were to learn it, it would cause havoc. Uh, He doesn't want to kill Rick, but he will do what he needs to do. And right before they fight, the bombs go off and the ceiling collapses. But Casey, whose side are you on here? Rick Flagg or peacemakers on should people have known about this is it better to just hide it away what's your thoughts that is honestly a tough that's a tough thing so i do i agree with flag in the aspect that something like this the people deserve to know but i can also see the i I look at it like this so i Soledad O'Brien, the, the journalist, the journalist, and Rob Reiner just recently did a podcast about who killed JFK, right? They, they, I listened to it. It was like a 12, 13, 14, maybe not even, I don't know. 
And obviously the whole JFK conspiracy is a thing that goes back for many Was years. it good? I enjoyed it. I did enjoy okay. it. Okay. But I also listen to like a lot of conspiracy theory stuff with some podcasts. So. Um, but I, I did enjoy it. With something like that, because there's still a lot of, with the JFK case, there's still a lot of documents and stuff that are still redacted that aren't being released to the public because it's, quote-unquote, a matter of national security. Uh, if if uh, that guy who came forward and said that the U.S. government, the military, has knowledge of aliens when he would testify before Congress last year, right? If some of these things came out to the public, there would be mass hysteria, right? Um... Once again, take it back to what started all this with Independence Day, right? If all of a sudden we look up in the sky one morning and we see that there's various alien ships all over the world that are coming in to our atmosphere, we know we're not alone. Like, it may be the one thing in the world that can unify everybody on this planet because we know we're in trouble. But mass hysteria will ensue. Sometimes it might be better to. Sometimes it might be better to be ignorant and not know the real truth. Like I don't, I don't know. Um, I, 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 I wouldn't be against if if the the information got put out. But I can also see the point of like if we don't let it get out because, like I said, can you imagine if the government tomorrow? Because one of the theories is that the CIA was involved behind JFK's assassination. That is a theory that is put out, right? Can you imagine right. tomorrow what would happen to our government if everything was opened up and released and it was stated that, yes, the CIA was behind the assassination of an American president? People don't trust our government as it is right now. Can you imagine how much trust they would have? Can you imagine if they came out tomorrow right. and said, yes, what happened in Roswell was not a weather balloon. We actually did come across this crashed alien craft. We've been using that technology for the last 50 or 60 years. Can you imagine the chaos that would ensue? Mm -hmm. I don't know if we're really ready for something like that. Like, it would be a nightmare. And when you have this, right, like, it is both. It's an alien, and it's also the government was experimenting on children with that alien and it's like how could i ever trust <laughs> it, would, it you know it would really create some distrust in the government when you and like you said they already distrust the government so look look at the tuskegee experiment you know they, they infected hundreds of black people with syphilis yeah and let them go untreated for years just because they wanted to see what the effects were and let it go and it, i mean it didn't come out until like the 70s I mean, they ruined some of these people's lives just because right. they wanted to see what could happen. Uh, I, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, where they, they infected people with L they, they gave people LSD. Um, that, that was a real thing. Uh, it's rumored that maybe Ted Kaczynski was actually part of that because he was at Harvard at the time where that was that experimentation was going on. Um, 
I don't know why I can't remember it, but um, you know, they, like our government has experimented on people because they need to know the effects of it, and it, it sucks. And so, yeah, like I, I don't. Luckily, I work for like a part of the government that people do have a lot of trust in, except when it comes to election time. I've actually had people tell me uh, during the last couple of elections that like they thought we were killing ballots or holding ballots back or like mm. we were snooping through ballots. And I'm like, dude, I just want your man. Like, do you have anything to give me? Here's yours. Like, I, I don't want to. Do you think I want to deal with that? I want to go home, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. But, yeah. You know, and, and, and we're one of the few that people trust. Never mind you get to like the IRS or something like that where people have like zero trust in them. Yeah. And yeah. you get to like the FBI, CIA, that, that's a whole different story. So the bombs go off, the ceiling collapses, the thinker is going to get killed by Starro now that he can get out. We get Ratcatcher escaping, and then we get on the other side of the wall, Flag and Peacemaker waking up and seeing the drive is in distance. And we, this is another visually striking scene here. The, the shot of the fight through the helmet of Peacemaker reflection I was wowed so much that first time I watched this on there. You know what else I was wowed from? Uh, that drive held up pretty well. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it's not one of those that had like, I'm sure you've seen like the the portable hard drives that have like the big orange rubber around it. So like, yes, yeah, yeah. And stuff. this was just like a regular hard drive. Like that thing, there's no way that thing is working. And this doesn't even, doesn't even look like a solid state drive. This looks like an old, regular, like, uh, circular drive. Like, th- that thing was the- would have been demolished, but that thing held up pretty well. <laughs> what did you think of the fight through the helmet? Was it cool? The, the, the whole fight scene between the two of them was cool. Brick uh, Flag and Peacemaker going at it. Um, and then when, when Peacemaker finally stabbed them in the heart and they showed, they kind of showed that. That that's that's one of those. I was like, oh yeah, that that'll do it. Like that's pretty much the end of old Rick Flag. There, like he's he's not coming back from that. Um, yeah, and that sucks because I really like Rick Flag, and I was hoping they wouldn't kill him off, but it really paid off. This this whole fight was so good in the sense that they're both fighting for their ideals of what they have, right? Of what they think and is then, right. Yeah. Yeah, and you can see both sides, like you said, right? Like, okay, sometimes we don't want that. Oh, also, they need to they need to face justice for experimenting on kids, but we don't want everybody to know this, and all this kind of stuff. And then, just Rick Flag's last words of Peacemaker, what a joke! I just love. I go around saying that sometimes. I'll just walk around and be like, Peacemaker, what a joke! Like I said, I'm really surprised that peace that 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 uh, Flag was never a bigger character. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I said, between the name, and he's like the all-American, tall, muscular, gruff, you know, military colonel. Like like I said, you said he was the Nick Fury of this. I I thought he could have been like the Captain America, especially with the name like Flag. And then to kill him off, like, that's it. He's done. Like, you can't... I figured maybe they would have had the fight kind of end in some sort of a stalemate. Because then you still have the character that you can use. And I don't know, like, I I don't know if I've ever seen that actor in anything else. Maybe I have. Uh, he didn't seem familiar to me, but. 
You know what I knew him from, actually? There was a Netflix show that came out a while ago called The Killing. Um, Did it start on Netflix or did it start on... I think it did. But it was a show that like focused on the this like disappearance of a girl teenage girl that ended up being dead and then like solving the crime and he was one of the cops and i liked him a lot in that and then i saw him in the suicide squad and i was like oh my god like it's that guy from the killing i think he also ended up being in a show called altered carbon on netflix but i haven't watched that but i really like joel kinnaman i think he he plays his character very well yeah he did and like i said i I could have, it wouldn't have bothered me if this would have ended in some sort of a stalemate. So that way you could still have like Peacemaker can, and maybe they can meet up again down the road, right? The Peacemaker can kind of still go on doing his own thing. So you still have Flag who you can, I mean, obviously they're rebooting it so they can recast the character if they wanted to and, and still use him. But, you know, before the reboot thing, had they, had they decided to kind of keep going in the same continuity, you still would have had, the character like it, they kind of like they couldn't really use them unless they did some sort of weird bring them back to life thing so and i know with comics and comic book movies they don't like doing that unless there's some sort of a finality to that character right because then it, it you know someone may come up with a great idea later you can't really use because flag's dead like how do you bring him back but that's what i like about james gunn though like he had no qualms about killing off such a character like this like um because it is rare in comics and and even in some of these movies where they'll you know not really they'll sometimes reverse it and stuff showing that go into his heart was like all right yeah like he's (laughs) he's dead yeah because we've Um, learned before like if you don't see the death on the screen there's a chance they're not actually dead uh seeing that go in his heart that that's that's a pretty pretty much final. Like no, he he's gonna die. Also, I looked it up. Uh, Joel Kinnaman was in the Killing. It originally started on AMC in 2011, uh, and was on there for three seasons. And then Netflix had it for the final season. But it was a good show. First season was good. I I think I stopped after the first season, but the first season I liked, and he was a really good part in that. All right, um, let's see. What else do we got here? Okay, so Ratcatcher sees this whole fight and the killing and grabs the drive and runs. I, I hate to say it, but not not saying I agree with it, but if you're Peacemaker, she's got to go too. Like, can't, can't. Right, right. he says sins. that. I'm thorough. Type those right? And Peacemaker catches up to her and is about to shoot her. And I, you know what breaks my heart on this, though? Sebastian, like, pleading for... <laughs> pleading for yeah, her that, life that next to her is that like man at well, least they didn't did. kill sebastian in this movie i would have lost it if they did yes yeah i know i'm so happy he survives um and then we cut to upstairs and flash back to eight minutes ago where king shark you know sees the aquarium he has a nice moment with the fish he thinks he's <laughs> bonding with people like him i guess uh, that's not gonna work out very well uh, then Milton, Milton, Harley, Bloodsport, and Polka Dot Man are in this like room of cubicles in, in the top top floors, 
after they set the last charges and Milton dies and polka dot man is very distraught. He's like, Oh my God, they killed Milton. And who's Milton? who's Milton is what Harley says. And then blood sports, like I, he, he, was he was still with us. With us? <laughs> I thought, yeah. I, I, I hate to say it. I'm kind of with blood sport on this one. Like, I thought Milton would have been back at the van or something. Like, this That's is what he says. <laughs> like, this is one of those like, hey, we're trained for this. Like, we 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 know like, hey, there's a good chance we're gonna die going into this. We kind of signed up for this. Whether you know whether we did it willingly or not, it's another story. But we all kind of signed up for this. I don't know if Milton really signed up for that. Like, that wasn't well. Right he's on carrying. Milton. He's carrying the charges. I paid attention this time because he is walking in with them at the end. Like he is visibly there walking in. With yeah, them. he is he's like, carrying the duffel bags. There, yeah, but yeah. like it's one of, also one of those. Like I said, he's not really. I, I think he signed up to be like the transportation dude. Not yes, like, he was the driver. Yeah, <laughs> he is a freedom did, fighter, though. He is part of that crew, so maybe he wants didn't to he lay have it a out gun earlier in the movie, and they took it away from him. Like no. Yes, I think so, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah so they, he dies. <laughs> they have a whole five-minute conversation about who the hell Milton was. I you know what, though? It makes sense Milton. from Harley's perspective, because she just joined them. Yeah. She had no clue who Milton was. So she, Yeah. She probably had never even heard the name Milton until Polka Dot Man said that. Yeah, so she had no clue who he was. Uh, so At I the end of the movie, she still doesn't know who he is. Yeah, because at the end she calls uh, Bloodsport Milton. It's like we had a whole conversation about this being your name. <laughs> uh, the so Polka Dot Man's trying to save Harley and the crew, and then sends his polka dots, and it ends up lighting on fire the charges, which then sets the bomb off early. This is what caused Starro to get loose. Uh, King Shark now gets swallowed up by these fishes that are like piranha fish. And then the building starts to like slide. It's like blown in half here. It's pretty vi visually cool here. Um, and, you know, they're about to fall off of there. They, you know, uh, Harley saves Dubois and then they have to run up this sliding building and get to safety. Uh, King Shark falls out of here, and you think he's probably dead. He gets like shot a ton, but he is like a demigod type thing. I was gonna say how, yeah, but not only from the fall. How does he survive the eight thousand rounds pumped into him from his army? Yeah, he's got like super strength because he's like a demigod apparently. So uh, part of the Hawaiian gods type thing. Um, so yeah, he he's fine. Thank God. I would have been sad if he if he died. And Dubois is like hanging on for life, but it breaks and he falls and he has like this reaction when he lands, like, Oh, thank God. I'm like, fine. And then that floor just keeps falling as it lands in front of peacemaker. And he realizes peacemaker is about to kill rat catcher. And he, they both quick draw and shoot at the same time. And this is kind of foreshadowed because I think Peacemaker mentions earlier about having bullets that can go through other people's bullets. And this time Dubois is the one that is able to do that. And he gets uh, 
Peacemaker in the neck here. I think originally the plan was for this to kill Peacemaker. This is when James Gunn changes plans a bit when he saw how well Cena was doing uh, and adds that uh, post-credit scene. This also kind of fulfills the agreement in the bus. This is something I never really paid much attention to before, but in the bus conversation, Bloodsport tells Ratcatcher when she's talking about her dad, like, I'm going to get you out of here alive. So here you go. He saves her here. And she returns the favor, and she had actually said on the bus conversation on her end, I'm going to get you out of here alive. So they actually say that, and then they both actually save each other. Um, when she saves him with the rats, when Starro is about to hurt him. So pretty cool foreshadowing and layers that like James Gunn uh, is just really good at that I didn't pay attention to before. But Starro gets out and starts to take over people with the smaller starfish the new president day gets uh gets starrowed here and then <laughs> the scene when they're like oh he's dead like i'm president day now and then the people <laughs> the resistance fighters just come knocking in and then they just take them all out so it was like this uh the succession ends quick, there yeah, that was a quick rain right there <laughs> yeah uh Okay, and then Waller's comms come back on, and she's like, great, everything's good. You got the information, get out. And they're like, well, what about Starro like, taking over this thing? And she's like, eh, doesn't really, doesn't really matter, really right? And this is where Dubois goes rogue. And, you know, there was a moment early on where he mentioned about not wanting to be a leader. And she said, like, I can make a leader out of you. And she kind of does here too. This is another cool, like layer circular thing here that he is the first one to go a wall and start leading them back into the city. And they all do lead, um, like follow his example, his leadership to turn around, not caring if they're going to get blown up or not. Uh, Cause they're just going to try to do the right thing. And I love the camera work here where they have like half of Dubois face and you see like two people behind him, And then it like shifts over to the other half of his face. And then the two people behind him, and she's about to blow up the head uh, of him. When the one lady again, just knocks her out with the, with the golf club. And then, you know, the headquarters, uh, Amelia, uh, um, yeah, Amelia Hardcore and uh, John Economos start uh, assisting them with taking out Starro. Uh, I guess any thoughts on that real quick before we move on to the final fight here? Uh, I would say, honestly, I would like to see more of the repercussions of what happened after that. Um, because, uh, I mean, it, it worked out, I guess, but you also had one of her subordinates knock her lock off with a golf club. Uh, that, don't that, they I show mean, her getting arrested at the end too? No, she, no, she's still, cause she was, uh, the last I remember was when she was talking with, uh, Elba's character there on the yeah. phone and, you know, Says he has a deal, right? Um, mm -hmm. And then she kind of just looks over and sees the the rest of her crew, like in another room, like in a conference room, and she's kind of staring them down. 
And then I thought I thought they show Flo, the one that hit her, getting arrested, but I can't remember. I I, I mean maybe I missed that it. Scene. I don't know. I, I I don't recall it. I'm not saying not saying it didn't happen. I don't yeah, recall yeah. it. And then there was the uh, in the in the post credit scene where they showed John and and uh, the other lady. Basically, yeah. they were like, yeah, uh, they admitted they were getting punished, basically for yeah punishment for uh, going AWOL, pretty much. But I'd like, yeah, I'd like no more what happened with that. Uh, that's pretty much peacemaker of the show. Uh, is is that? Um, okay, so uh, polka dot man unfortunately dies here, but I do like how Dubois gets him to fight star Wars. like do you know who that is it's your mom and he just like takes her out a bit and then is so excited he's a ha- he's a hero and then gets squashed uh right there but he also tells uh uh king shark you know monster is nom nom <laughs> and he's like monster nom nom goes and starts eating them harley realizes what the javelin is now meant for this is where Ratcatcher saves Bloodsport um, and has the flashback to her dad, who has a really nice line, played by Taika Waititi, by the way. Yeah. Of, who was um, just on The Simpsons not that long ago. Oh, was he? He's playing himself, yeah. Oh, funny. Uh, when she asks, why rats, papa? And he says, you know, if if they even have a purpose, like, so do we. And it is... A pretty nice message. I love the music here by John Murphy. This is the one song I bought of the soundtrack. Is this uh, of the score? Is this triumphant song when she's you know having the rats come over? The rats and Harley kill Starro as she pierces the eye with the javelin and leads the the rats into it. Yeah, they kind of they kind of telegraph that one with the the ledge of the building going up to. Yes. Yeah. To the eye it worked it out perfectly. Like, it was one of those like okay, I can see where this is going. But. Yeah, uh, and you see little Sebastian float past her because he's got like his little jacket on. His and little he's backpack and everything. <laughs> um, we get this haunting line from Starro, I think, because it really shows how much of a it's not even his fault. It is when he says, "I was happy floating in space watching the stars." And really, it all comes down to the astronauts that were Americans, by the way, who are like, oh, we need to bring this thing back. And then bringing them back, he gets experimented on the whole time, so he probably just thinks all humans are like that. And then finally gets free and starts just destruction, but then dies, and it's just like, hey, if you guys would have left me alone, like, none of this stuff. Yeah would have happened i was happy the way i was and it is it very just, sad i feel bad just, for him here he was just floating through space doing his own thing like yeah so the americans are bad twice over in this uh we have blood sports daughter watching tv and she's like that's my dad so she's finally proud that her dad has turned a new leaf i guess we get the freedom fighters have taken over and they say they'll have democratic elections and then as they're leaving, we get Sebastian cuddling on uh, Dubois' lap, and he starts to pet him, and maybe getting through his phobia a bit of rats. And this is another thing you're talking about, how they don't check stuff. You know, he's early in the movie, how he's like, 
I have a thing about rats, and they're like, "Oh my god, Dubois got a rat phobia." It's like nobody knows anything about any and of these people, especially <laughs> especially when you're going to put him with someone called Rat Catcher Two. Like, how, like how yeah, do you yeah. not? But in all fairness, with that, I can kind of his his explanation. Uh, he says, "I'm an assassin. Like, I can't put my you know, you can't put you can't put his information out there of like what's going to defeat what? him. He's an assassin. Yeah, exactly. Like." So I get that, but also at the same time, like, yeah, it's their job to know, like, do they, do they interview these people at all? Like, get some information on them? Like, what's going on? You got a damn weasel that can't swim. You decide to drop in the middle of the ocean. I love, though, that the end here, when he's able to say, like, look, we have the data. It's on a secure server. If anything happens to me or any of these people or my daughter. This gets released immediately, or we all go free. You know, and, you know, and uh, Waller's kind of stuck here and has to uh, has to allow it. it. That doesn't mean she won't have a backup plan getting set up, of, like, right? To, but yeah, no, she doesn't have a choice in that. I think for her, there, it's like okay, we chalk that one up to if I don't do anything, it stays buried, and. I have probably another 50 other projects that are like that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that one's whatever I got. The, I, I can have the other 49 mid credit scene is weasel waking up on the beach, uh, coughing up water. And then of course the end credit, we talked about Harcourt and economos go to the hospital and there's peacemaker barely alive. And they say the doctor's like, what do you need them for? And she's like, you know, just to save the fucking world. And that does carry over into Peacemaker, the show. So if people have watched this for the first time for the podcast and they liked this movie, I would say you definitely want to jump over to uh, Peacemaker. All right, before we get to ratings, I just want to ask you, did you have a favorite character out of any of these uh, other than Sebastian? Out of the Suicide Squad, I guess. Uh... Pink Shark with his line about the mustache just will always tickle me. <laughs> um, I'd say between Bloodsport and Peacemaker. Yeah. I have a Peacemaker shirt actually now too with the logo on it. Um, but uh, mine was Bloodsport and Rick Flag. Uh, those were two I liked. And I really liked Ratcatcher too. Like I really got to... I really got to like her and thought that, that kind of the whole heart of the movie, I feel like is between Bloodsport and, and her. Yeah. Um, not what I was expecting going into the movie, you know? All right. So let's get to ratings. Rotten Tomatoes. The critics have this at a 90%, which is I think the best of the DC extended universe. Um, audience score of 82. Metacritic 72. IMDb 7.2 cinema score of B plus pretty decent for an R movie. Not usually considered good for a comic book movie, but with the R usually does bring down the cinema score. I'm not really sure why it's just statistically. If you look at them box office, only 168.7 million The you know, the budget was 120, I think. So it didn't really make Oof. anything, but with it being such a critical success, DC kind of felt like it was a win. And that's why they're like, yeah, you can do Peacemaker. Yeah, you can 
take over the whole DC universe, <laughs> uh, you know, once they changed to that. So, you know, um, plus it was also released the same time during COVID with uh, on HBO Max. So that probably ate into some of the. Oh, yeah, uh, that, that definitely had to eat into the, to the money. Because, yeah. I mean, if you're already paying for HBO Max subscription. Well, OK, was this because I know like with Disney. They had some movies. That this were was on free. Disney Plus. Okay, that was gonna be my question. Did you still have to pay? Because I know, yeah. uh, like Black Widow, I think you still had to buy. Yeah. But you know, it was twenty twenty five bucks, and you think about it, that's still cheaper than taking a whole family of four to the movies, right. right? So and going to get popcorn, and and then yeah. you would be able to watch it forever on there until it came on. Like, you know, yeah. like. So okay, I, I didn't know one, it was free yeah. on there. So that was gonna be my next yeah. question. Was, so yeah, that definitely because HBO did that for every movie in 2021, and it really backfired for them because uh, they thought, okay, this will drive subscriptions. This will, I don't know, uh, co- theaters still weren't very back by the way right now until really yeah. No Way Home at the end of 2021 really sent it like sky high um, with a billion and a half or whatever it was. All right. Uh, my rating. Uh, I, I I guess this would not be a surprise. This is a five out of five for me. But like I said, this is the only DCEU film for me to get that high. There's been a lot of hit or miss for me in this. Uh, it is my highest rated. Sometimes that shocks people. But I just love everything James Gunn did with it. And it made me really have faith. Like when they announced him taking over DC. I just knew from this, from Peacemaker, and then, of course, from the Guardians, I was like, he has not had a miss for me at all when it comes to superheroes and stuff. So I was like, uh, you know, and seeing him be able to do it with DC characters helped as well. And, um, yeah, so that's where I have this movie. So, Casey, I put it to you here. Uh, it sounded like it was a rough beginning. Where did you end up with uh, Suicide Squad? All right. So, like I said, I had knowledge in general from the first movie, um, which I thought was okay. Uh, I, 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 I still say before I saw this, I, I had no, I didn't know why the movie was made or what it was for. Like, who was who was asking for this movie? Um, I went into this with no knowledge. And like no expectations. I, I didn't really think I was going to enjoy this movie. Um, like you said, start off pretty rough when you get Pete Davidson and Weasel. Like, it's not a good way to start a movie. Just anybody out there, if you happen to be listening to this and you're going to make a movie, and in the first 20 minutes you have Pete Davidson and a giant weasel, like, I can't imagine your movie's going to be very successful. I could be wrong, but I'm just going to say chances are not to. Right. Um, but as I gave it a chance, and once. So I'll say this. I also watched this on Netflix. I've watched this basically for free, it's included with my subscription. Um, I would give this a four and a half out of five. I nice. did not anticipate that I would enjoy the movie. Like I said, it started rough, but it was a fun movie. 
uh, visually, it was quite impressive. Um, if I were going to pick this up in a physical version, bare minimum, I would have to go with Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would probably try to get the HD Blu-ray version. Uh, yeah, the 4K. For HDR. Yeah, I'd try and get the 4K version to see what it would look like in HDR and with the 4K visuals. Um, had I saw, had I went to the theater and saw this back in the day, I don't know if I would have gave it such a high rating. I'm not going to lie, mm-hmm. but being in fact, I didn't have to go spend 15 bucks for a ticket and another 15 bucks for food and everything, everything else. Like that, that's definitely going to influence my decision. Um, but it was an enjoyable run. It was one of those. Just shut my brain off for a couple hours, um, watch it, go with the ride, and then once they got their hooks in me, like that was it. Once, once, once I fell for Sebastian and gave up <laughs> on King Shark and decided, okay, whatever, I'll just accept the fact that he's gonna wear a fake mustache. I was along for it. <laughs> so what? What price did you say? I would still, I would definitely try and catch it on sale. I don't know if I'd be willing to pay, because HD Blu-rays are like 30, 35 bucks a pop. All right, let me tell you the price that's on Amazon, and you tell me if that's a good price for you. Okay. 4K, $16.99 right now. Oh, I'd buy that in a heartbeat. There you go. Yeah. Because like I said, if if, if you get it, if it's not on sale, I think a 4K release on Amazon is usually like 35.99 or something like that. It's yeah. up there. Like it's I was not... just looking because uh, the the Marvels is coming out on 4K. Target had it listed at 38. dollars uh, I get Disney Movie Club and it's my title of the month, and it was 30. dollars So I bought it on Disney Movie Club instead because I was like, that's yeah. eight dollars yeah. cheaper. The, it came out 4... to 35 with shipping, but like whatever. Yeah, but these 4K like these 4K Blu-rays are not. I mean, everything is going up, inflation, all that. But I remember New Movie Tuesdays, which I don't even know if it's still a thing anymore, right? But I remember back in the it day, is, yeah. New Movie Tuesdays, new DVDs and stuff would come out, especially new releases. Twenty five bucks, maybe like usually like the first couple of days it was on sale for like twenty, right? Nineteen ninety nine, something like that. Um. And then Blu-rays came up, you know, I think, on sale. They were starting at, like, 25 Like, regular price were probably, like, the 29 And now these are creeping up towards 40 you know, on a regular basis. And I have a big wish list on Amazon of movies I want to get in, like, 4K and Blu-ray. And I always get notifications of, like, oh, the prices of these movies have gone up and gone down. And some of them I got on there when they were first full price. And, like I said, it's $36.99, $35.99. It's like... yeah. I want to see that. I want to own that movie, but I don't know if I'm willing to pay $35, $36 for it, you know, brand new. Um, wait, 16 nah, I'd, I'd throw it 16 bucks for this. How often would I watch it? I don't know. But would I fork 16 bucks right. over to add it to my collection physically? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I definitely recommend then uh, checking out Peacemaker then. Um Whenever I may, I may actually jam. check that out. Like I said, I thought I saw it got like pretty good reviews and people enjoyed it, but I really had no knowledge of the character and I wasn't 
didn't think I would would have enjoyed this movie, so that's why I was like, I'll just skip. It, like in all fairness, yep. I hadn't enjoyed a lot of the DCU stuff. DCU stuff. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Do you, so, not not like DCEU stuff, but like just DC in general. Did did you have a favorite like uh, superhero or character that you were familiar with from there? I'm guessing Batman. You probably saw Batman before. I, I saw the Batman movies with uh, you know, Bale. the Burton Batman movies, and then uh, Keaton and Clooney and Kilmer and all that. Mm-hmm. I did manage to see, and I think I have it physically. Uh, the the Christian Bale trilogy, um, but like I said, then Ben Affleck did Batman, and nothing yeah. against him, but I was like, do we need another Bat? Like they started changing him so quick, and 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 like two years later, like we're doing another Batman movie. And I'm like, dude, like this one just like barely left the theater. Like, mm-hmm. can we can we pump the brakes on a little bit? Um, I knew of. Obviously, Superman. The last Superman movie I saw, though, was the one with Brandon Ruth. Ralph. Ralph. Yeah. Uh, where Kevin Spacey was Lex Luthor. Ouch. Superman Returns. Yeah. Yeah, which was okay, I guess. Um, yeah. I, I I didn't. I I think I might own one, but I, I don't think I saw any of the, the Henry Cavill ones. Um, I just recently watched Wonder Woman for the first time. Couple years ago, oh, nice. or last year, a couple years ago, when I went to Colorado, uh, I saw the first one. I haven't had a chance to check out the second one yet. Um, Green Lantern, I had no desire to see because I knew nothing about the character, and I don't, that just didn't appeal to me. And then I saw it was horribly rated, so I was like, "Okay." I um, liked Green Lantern, but yes, a lot of people did not. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was very, very critically panned, uh, commercially panned as well. So much so that uh, Ryan Reynolds went back and, and kind of retconned that yeah. in Deadpool, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's it, and it, I like I don't know what other I don't know if it came out with any other characters, but once you start getting the smaller characters that people don't know, to me it's kind of like uh, I don't know. Yeah. Alrighty. Well. Uh, okay. So what are we watching next so i was i was watching something i can't remember what let me see uh, i was watching a football game uh during the regular season not that long ago before the season ended mm-hmm. and i saw that a movie I enjoyed was coming on. Uh, they were making a TV show out, and this I, I was gonna pick this movie previously, but it was not on streaming. I think it just came back on streaming because the TV show is about to come out here soon. Uh, Donald Glover, be? Donald Glover is playing. Oh, okay. Of Mr. and Mr. Smith. So we're going to go back to 2005 and watch Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt break up Brad Pitt's marriage and see the spy thriller Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Did you try something new? Mm hmm. 
Atlanta. Had a few problems ourselves. Some figures didn't add up. Like I said, this was one of the first movies I was planning on picking, but at the time it wasn't streaming anywhere. Wow. Um, I think Prime Video. Yes, it is on Amazon Prime. And Amazon Prime is also the one that, that is showing the Donald Glover Makes sense. led Makes sense. Uh, series. So I think I think they probably got the streaming rights due to the series coming out and wanted people to be able to watch both. But uh, I enjoyed this. Obviously, they're not together anymore, but Brad Pitt was with Jennifer Aniston at the time, and there were a lot of wild rumors that came out that while they were filming this movie, uh, there were some things that happened with him and Angelina Jolie. Um, it's not for me to judge if anything did happen. But I remember watching this movie. I think I came back from my last tour in Iraq and I watched this movie. And at least to me, you could see chemistry between the two watching this movie. Yeah, yeah. And it That's was what I've heard. Those... This is like a mythical movie because of that, right? Like uh, because of the breakup of their relationship. Okay. So you remember a couple years ago, what was the movie with Brad Pitt and Lady Gaga? Uh, Stars Born? You mean Bradley Cooper? Yeah. Yeah, Bradley, I'm sorry, Bradley Cooper and, yeah. and, and Lady Gaga, Stars Born. And you remember all the, the stuff that, and I, I'm not, I don't know, but you remember all the stuff that came out from their, I think it was it the Grammys or the Oscars, they did a musical thing. And yeah, people and people were said like, like chemistry. I was like, eh, whatever. And then I watched that performance between the two of them. And I was like, look, I don't know if something happened. But it would not surprise me if they either something did happen or they had to fight some urges connected like while filming that movie. Because there was there was like I saw chemistry there. I saw sparks between the two. And I'm usually oblivious to stuff like that. And I was like, oh, beep beep. These two might have had to find a way to keep their hands off each other. When I watched Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I was like, oh. I, I would say I'm also biased because I think Angelina Jolie is incredibly beautiful. And at the time, in 2005, she was one of the sexiest women in the world. Like, she was just smoking hot incredible. So, I, I'm biased in that aspect. I can't deny that. But watching this movie, like after I saw her in one, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And then I saw her and Brad Pitt in this, and I was like, "Yeah, if 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 things were kind of rocky with him and Jennifer Aniston, and then he went to go film this, I can understand why that he like he he might have to make a call and say, "Yeah, this isn't working out. We're gonna have to end this." All right, so we're watching Mr. and Mrs. Smith on uh, on Amazon Prime. We're talking about the movie, yes. not the TV show that's coming out. I, I'm probably going to check out at least the first. I don't know if it's being released all at once or if they're I thought it looked release. interesting. Actually, I saw I saw previews for it too, and I thought there was a. Uh, I was like, um, you know, the the line where Donald Glover says something about like how they're not going to have sex or whatever or, or whatever, and then that like, it's then they played something as a joke, and I was like, oh, that actually looks pretty good. 
And I think they're tweaking the story on this one. So in the movie, there are two people who are spies for competing agencies that don't know what each other does. Like they, they have their own mm-hmm. lives. Like they end up becoming right, I remember a the couple trailer, yeah. They have their own lives. And they know, like, I think he has a job as an architect, quote unquote. And I forget what she she does, like a consulting agency or something, but they're spies and assassins that work for competing agencies, right? And they don't know it until they run into each other. Um, somehow, like, I, I won't spoil that. Yeah. yeah. Have to see how. And hilarity and, and chaos ensues. I think I read for this one that they work for competing agencies, but they're paired together for something. To act like a married couple, and then maybe the that makes sense, and then they might be start feeling real stuff. Yeah, yeah, some things happen. I don't know. I'm still waiting. When it when it comes out, I'm gonna check it out to see how the story progresses and goes from there. Um, so I think they're tweaking the story a little bit. Uh, I I hope it doesn't disappoint because I never got a chance to check out the True Lies series that showed up on Paramount Plus. And I'm kind of mm. thankful because it was very critically panned and then it ended after one oh, season. Oh, was it? It ended after the first Dang. season. And that was, uh, it was it Ginger Gonzaga from She-Hulk? Was, was actually the, the, uh, the star of that one. She was, oh, okay. She played, she played the Mrs. Tasker. You've seen True Lies, right? No, I don't think so. Oh, we have to fix that. that <laughs> there you Probably go. That's another right one now. on the list. Well, it, it they haven't come out with like a, a Blu-ray of it. It's supposed to come out, I think, this year. Uh, oh, really? But uh, forget who does it. Is it Michael Bay? Forget who does it. But he he he, he hasn't he hasn't come out with a, a a copy of it, a high quality copy of it, because of some with transfers and, and trying to get it done right. So, but it's supposed to. I think it's supposed to come out sometime this year. Oh, this is with Schwarzenegger as well, huh? Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis. Hmm. Where, like he, James he, Cameron, James Cameron, yeah, James Cameron didn't didn't release it. Same thing with like the Abyss, like he like the transfers weren't coming out right or something, and, and so there was. He finally uh, did release the Abyss on 4K. Yeah, and I, like I said, I think True Lies is supposed to come out sometime this year. So one of the Twitter accounts that that deals with physical media, like that was a big thing September October last year when it was announced. So definitely have to check that. Has a young Eliza Dushku right. in it. Tom on it. Oh, really? All right. Well, that wraps us up here. So, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and remember, that's going to be in two weeks, not next week, that we will uh, be back for that. So, uh, make sure you send us your feedback on the Suicide Squad if it's something you hadn't seen before, or if it is something that you enjoy watching and you want to comment in the comments below like and subscribe we've been getting actually a lot of subscribers recently thanks to some of these uh picks that we've been having so thank you all if you are subscribed um Welcome aboard. you can also reach us at, yeah you can also reach us on all the socials that are in the show notes in the description below if you wanted to send us any sort of feedback or messages or even suggestions if you think that there's a movie that one of us hasn't seen you can go ahead and do that. You can also follow me on Letterboxd. I put my reviews on there after I watch them. I don't write a review. I just mean like my rating. Um, 
but I only do that for ones that I'm watching for the first time. So only the ones that Casey's picking, I have a little list of all of those movies in order um, that we watched them. And then it has the rating next to it. So you can check. I, I go back all the time to check it to see like, what did I rate that movie again? Cause I don't ever remember. <laughs> so I'm glad I have that resource. All right. Well, thank you all for watching and listening. We will catch you next time. when we talk Mr. And Mrs. Smith. You can watch that on Amazon prime.